Is he good? You alive? Right. I mean, what, what, what do you want from me, man? You want me to to be I like, oh my, oh my god, Cyberpunk is it's just the best thing yeah, ever. No. I want you to sound like Pinocchio in that trailer. Oh no! <laughs> Have you man, seen I that? I don't song? understand that. I don't understand that reference. No, man. he sounds like he's like. Oh, I want to go into the world and yeah. like go explore. Yeah, that's what you guys want from me. <laughs> It'll bring a little life to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we lie to the people if we do that. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the DualShock and Sense podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of that, well, why why didn't you, your dumb little brain, you think of to ask Nolan North to record an intro for our podcast, man? Bro, listen, <sighs> I was like, I had like low charge. <laughs> I was like, okay, I didn't know what to expect. I decided on Nolan North thing like last minute. I found out he was gonna show up the day prior to the to the uh, tour, and when I show up. I'm, like, not even thinking about, like, anything else, but, like, I need to, like, not be a dumbass. Or, like, not stutter <laughs> and not, like... Which, uh, which, which, uh, I say this in a, in a loving way, but let's be honest, man, that's really hard for you to do. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the thing. To that point, when I met Carolina Ravasa and Anjali Bimani, the voices of Symmetra and Sombra... I was like, I was like, oh, I really like, and I was trying to say her Anglo-Saxon like YouTube channel. His Wait, Cassandra was there. Her name was for um, uh, Carolina Ravasa. So she's like a uh, Sombra's voice from Overwatch. Oh um, man, oh and, man, I wish you told me that. I would have flown to the Florida. No, but that was like in Puerto Rico Comic Con a few years ago. So to that oh. point of like being a dumbass, um, I was like stuttering when I was talking to her, and when I left. I dropped my phone, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm being a complete dum-dum. So, like, when that Emily fucking Rose was on the side, I didn't know she was going to be there. I looked to the side, I'm like, I know that voice. And I see her, and I'm like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Elena's here? And then I'm like, okay, Walter, don't fucking stutter. Don't be a dumbass. Like, you're going to ask him for a selfie. Uh... And whatever, and he took a fo- uh, pictures. He did like a bunch of crazy ones on my phone, and then I took one with him and Emily Rose together. Um, dude, the chemistry be- between them is insane. It's like they're a couple, like in real life. It's crazy. Oh man, dude, seeing it in action because they were like bouncing off each other and jokes and all this, and I'm like, am I watching like? A scene from Uncharted, you know, when they're like just in the house and they're like gonna play Crash and they're just banter. Oh man, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, Carrie Payton was there from uh, Walking Dead. Norman Reedus, John Berthel, and fucking Sebastian Stan were gonna be there, but they all canceled, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, what the hell happened there? Jeez, that would be awesome to see them too. That was, like, the whole point, like, initially of the tour. Like, a friend, when she was like, oh, man, I got the sign up, uh, uh, photo up with Sebastian Stan. The day before the con, he's like, oh, I, c- I can't show up. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, dude. I, I would have been, been kind of mad about that, too, actually. There were a lot of people, like, the refunding. Obviously, like, they got their refund. She got her refund. 
Um, but oh, she got to meet Jim Cummings. Um, speaking of Eeyore, Eeyore, um, that's Winnie the Pooh's uh, voice. And then a friend of mine got a, a photo up and a signed uh, signature with uh, Stephen Amell, Arrow. And, oh, nice. Yeah, in his prime. Yeah. And Kate Cassidy, or Katie Cassidy, who did uh, Black Canary. So yeah, she she's actually she actually was streamed a little bit too. I think she was like a Black Ops player. Really? Yeah, she did. She did a couple of streams. I remember. And then um, I don't know if she does it now, but yeah, she's yeah. she's she's a gamer. She's a PlayStation Dude, gamer. She was tired. Like <laughs> like, a, my friend like took a picture with her. And she was like, <laughs> and then when she left, she me that she was like, <laughs> I'm like, well, she's tired. <laughs> Stephen Amell was just a bro. Yeah, can you imagine if Soul was at a <laughs> <laughs> he went to see Star Wars. All right, all right. What, what's going What's going on here, man? Y'all want Y'all think we can start the podcast imagine, or what? I just I just gonna imagine that this when you go to your panel, like, wow, he's am, he's ambivalent. <laughs> what's going on? What's going on, man? You think we can start this podcast or what? I'm just saying, man. Just like if you're a part of the Power Rangers, people expecting kind of character. Yeah, you you just be like the. <laughs> people be like, wow, he must be the sad ranger. <laughs> no, I probably be I probably be like the the white ranger, the, the most boring, the most boring color. The most boring color, because it's the absence of color. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, let's do this, uh, boy. Let's know when you go live. Yeah, let, let's see. Let's see. Well, funny enough, I, I've been live for like the last yeah. like five minutes, man. Oh, yeah, oh I no. Knew. I was on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> Walt, was, Walt was munching away, and I was like, I'm just yeah, going to let him ride this one. Ah, yeah, ah. <laughs> they know, they know, they know <laughs> all your secrets, man. No! <laughs> well, listen, listen back to the audio. Make sure it's good. No crackling, and I'll tweet it out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. Did you check the audio? Really? I'll, I'll check it now. Um, we're, we're gonna get started here shortly, guys. Uh, before we do, I want to remind everyone who is watching to go ahead and like the podcast. Uh, consider subscribing as well. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, yeah, we got we got a uh, boy. I said yo, what about boy? Jesus Christ. Um, we got we got a a few a few topics. For you guys here, gonna be a great show. Um, so yeah, as soon as Walt finishes uh, checking checking sound, uh, we will be good to go. Uh, Macho, I think he's asking for you to uh, go ahead and talk into the mic so he can see if you're there. Um... Macho heard Macho heard I met Carolina Ravasa, and he's like just googling where she's gonna be at. Attention. Yeah, I guess why that, I guess that's why he's not talking. Yeah, man, he's busy just uh, scouting the the webs. Oh man, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh man. Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> All right. Happy signing, Walt. He was waiting for you, man. Was he? Yeah. He need, yeah. Are we good though? Well, he needed to know how you sounded. All right, you oh, sound okay. beautiful. Sweet. All right, let's get started, guys. Welcome back to the 53rd episode of the DualShock and Sense podcast. 
I am your host, Soul, the connoisseur of anime waifus, joined as always by my two co-hosts. I got Walt back from his uh, hiatus, scouting out those those strip joints once again, man. How how, how you doing, man? His brothel hopping. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm turning to Littlefinger from Game of Thrones with all the all, all this <laughs> entrepreneur just brothel uh, empire I'm building. Uh, but what's going on, y'all? Uh, really. Really haven't played much, but uh, and haven't read read it either. So the manga, the manga has stopped. It's in the hiatus until further notice, and the games as well, uh, because this, this, these strip jones have you know they suck me dry. I have no money. Whoa! <laughs> I have no money. <laughs> so come on, get your Jesus. mind out of the gutter, man. Jesus Christ, you, man. man. How's it going on? Well, well, just because right, Kirby man. came out, don't mean nothing, man. All right. Hey, man. Math Momo it, it changes, man. <laughs> What's going Hell, on? That's now? what it is. Doing good. <laughs> Getting ready to talk some games. I, I, would, some... I would argue. I would argue you've been like this since, since the day I met you, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, no yeah, mouthful me. mode required for for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, we're starting out quite saucy here. Am I right, yo? Hey, man, I blame you. <laughs> hey yo, doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good, pretty chill. It's a, it's a, it's a good week. It's been a satisfying week. Uh, I feel, I feel content. I feel uh, full in the heart and the belly. I just ate earlier, so uh, I'm getting ready to start this podcast. Nice, nice. We got Macho here as well. How you doing, man? But. Regardless of the fact, man, um, it's been a good week, man. It's it's been. I was telling what before. It's a bit of a slow week, <clears throat> but regardless, it's actually been pretty productive. And um, I will say that I actually am trying my hardest. A bit of a personal story. I'm trying my hardest here to not be on the social medias as much. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of have to because of my job. But regardless, I'm trying to stay away from Twitter and all that stuff as much as I can now. And uh, I've. I've successfully completed a full week of going for an hour a day on Twitter, uh, compared to like two to three hours before. So, nice. uh, making improvements, making improvements. Nice, very nice. Nice. Um, we can only hope to be half the man you are. <laughs> Considering you guys are barely on Twitter, <laughs> I think I'm aspiring to be y'all at this point. Um. Yes, so uh, we are going to get started with um... <laughs> Jesus. The scene. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I'm trying to see if I can skip this. Oh scene my or something. god! It's so come on. You can <laughs> see monetized. <laughs> well, it doesn't really oh, matter. No. Uh, oh, it's not like start a new game. <laughs> I totally oh, listen. No. It's been like seventy hours since I played the beginning of this game. I oh did not remember God. that this was there. You uh, don't. You didn't remember that you're taking a man. corpse, a, a naked a corpse, soul. out of a bathroom. Nah, First there was the order, and now this. What Come happened on, in the man. order? I don't remember what happened there. You had you, you had a scene. Oh, yeah, the sex scene. Yeah, yeah. the sex scene. Over in the there. in the order, there was a sex scene. Yeah. What? Yeah. Or like yeah. a nude scene. Yeah, there's a nude scene. I don't I remember, remember that, that at all, man. What? Yo, it's, <laughs> I it was wild. That. You're a fumbling. 
<laughs> you, oh, were, you were like, oh man, I forgot about this. I forgot. Uh, guys, guys. That's guys. weird. I, I, I actually don't remember that. Um, you don't remember? Yeah, yeah, I really don't remember that. Uh, I barely remember anything of that game. Um, <laughs> the one you're, you're... I barely remember my life. Yeah, it's just, it's, I was wondering, I was like, what, I was like, why is he hesitating so far? He's usually, not, and then I was like, look at the screen. I was like, oh, there's titties <laughs> on screen. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was, I didn't know what to do, man. I panicked. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna begin the podcast like we like we normally do, talking about the games that we have been playing. Uh, whoever wants to jump in first, man, go go for it. Sure, uh, sure. I'll, 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 I'll start off because uh, Macho yeah, guy you go first. is finally dipping his toes in something that I want to hear about him after me because uh, I want to judge him. But to start, uh, <laughs> as plain um, as ever. <laughs> um, this week, I actually uh, started off trying Fortnite after the big update where they took off building um, and did a couple oh, yeah, they of Doctor Strange, right? And they had Doctor Strange now. They got a, they they have lore behind the reason why building is not a thing, and you have to like recover it or whatever. Uh, I don't care about that. I don't want to recover it. I hope building just doesn't return. Uh, I'm having having some fun. I got a couple of dubs in that, um, with no building strats. But uh, the the other game that I have been playing, on and off, haven't played much of it this week. Uh, has been Elden Ring, but it's been more so of, of a grind every time I get on, just to level up a bit more every time so that I'm ready to tackle the big, big bosses that I have in, um, in my sight. I'm, I think I'm close to the end. Uh, I mean, that's relative with this game. But, like, I am probably, like, a boss or two away from fighting the final boss. But I... But I'm doing a specific ending, so I've been doing that quest line. I uh, I bought an enemy that is is by the teeth. It, it is a bloodborne enemy. The reason why I say this, it's an enemy that the description reads, it's a malformed star, and it fell from the cosmos. And if you know anything about bloodborne. Uh, there's cosmic eldritch beings. There's the great ones, and this enemy very much felt like fighting a great one, which was fascinating. Um, I did that, and yesterday, uh, last night, I started uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which, oh, to yeah, my surprise, you got that. <clears throat> yeah, man. To my surprise, I did not even think about getting this game until literally Thursday, where I was like looking at some game, some gameplay, and some reviews from some people that I watch on YouTube, and I was like. This actually, like, I, I feel something inside. I'm, like, excited for this. I want to play this. I didn't play Borderlands 3. Last Borderlands I played was Borderlands 2, and that was in the PS4, and that was a, so, so many years ago. And it played uh, Tales from the Borderlands and all that, uh, the PS4, but nothing with Borderlands 3. I didn't really care for it. But in the last year, I really got into Dungeons & Dragons, and I'm in, I'm doing a campaign with some friends, and I did a one shot, and I'm like, we're preparing for another campaign that's gonna be like a Disney themed, like twisted Disney, like Alice and and Madness, like that, like a dark Disney campaign. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, so with all this 
excitement of getting to Dungeons and Dragons and actually enjoying Borderlands 2 and enjoying, let me tell you, this is Ashley Birch is in a role. First with Aloy, now with Tiny Tina. Like, this woman has range. Like, I didn't know she did Tiny Tina. Like, it's, it's amazing how, how much fun um, this game can be. The, I, I'm not, I'm not far into it. I'm not, uh, what to say? I'm not, how, how far am I? I'm like two missions in, like two main missions in. I just unlocked like the, like do side content and whatnot. Uh, but it very much is entirely fictional. Like it's, it, I mean, the game is fictional, of course, but it's in your mind. It's literally just all imagination. Like Tiny Tina is narrating and as she narrates, you see the world start getting like, uh, like objects and enemies as she's mentioning. And it's very, it very is truth to the DND DNA. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> You you don't think that that's Ashley Birch. You don't hear it. Like, this is a completely different persona, for sure. Um, and I saw some interviews, and apparently she, like, she, the way that she portrays this character in the recording booth is, like, very much just her. Like, her mannerisms and everything. Like, she's very much becomes Tiny Tina in the booth, and just, she just lifts the, the role so much. So it's, like, a very specific type of character that, it's very dear to her and very uh, personal, but like I'm having a blast so far. It's the same typical, of course, you know, looter shooter, but with the D and D flavor. And it very much is, you have your classes that you can choose. You have the equivalent of a rogue, it's called stabomancer. The equivalent of a wizard, a spell shot. They all have their different abilities, just like in the old Borderlands, but with more D and D flavor. Uh, you have in uh, what do you call it? Uh, character sheets. You can allocate dexterity, strength, wisdom, just like a D and D sheet. Uh, something. So I want to point this out, and I'll finish up with this because I'm not too deep into it. I'll give more of my thoughts in the next podcast. But something very cool that this game does is when you're creating your character, uh, you have a variety of choices to uh, customize your character. But a couple of very small things I think that, but they're significant is when you're, you know, when you're choosing your body type, it's like male, female, or type A, type B, or like, but most often than not, it's like male body type, female body type. And this yeah. one, it's just called this one or that one. This one, like literally, it says this one, male, and it's the male body type, and then that one, and then it's female body type. But then underneath, you see that, like, you have ways of uh, adjusting the pitch of your voice in like six different voices that you can choose from and then underneath that it says pronouns and you can actually choose your pronouns which has she she her he him they them and i just think it's really cool how like even in customization it's like inclusive in that way so like that stood out for me that's pretty cool um yeah and it's like it's a multiplayer game so essentially and like it, to the to the core of like how D and D has like just a variety of characters and like from all from the entire spectrum, um, the way that they're addressing like the type of person that you want to be is not like like in the beginning like when for Cyberpunk came out, it's like if you had a certain body type, you had a specific pitch to your voice. It wasn't it was linked to the body type. It wasn't so much a pitch of voice that you chose uh, separately. So. It's cool how they did that. 
Uh, but yeah, man, having a blast with that. Uh, can't wait to dive more this weekend and more Elden Ring. And and now I, I I'm really interested in listening to Macho uh, what he's been playing because he's a uh, uh, surprisingly so less hours than me and he already got to the level I am but uh, because I've been so sidetracked with like exploring an Elden Ring Macho why didn't you jump into what you've been playing <laughs> sure yes yeah, so, I mean most of the week has been Elden Ring and triangle strategy so i got about 20 hours into triangle strategy and well i actually i'm curious have you played it yet or no i've played so here's the thing when i when i first started it i like good got a good uh good what was it like two hours maybe um into the beginning i'm very 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 early but i noticed that this is a game that i like need complete investment and in, and in, not that i'm not invested but like complete like non-important stuff to do in other games like in Ring. like once i beat the main final boss in Ring, i'll be able to like focus all my attention to triangle strategy i did that with fire emblem three houses where i did not play anything else but fire emblem because i really want to be just invested in one singular story and not multiple games um but i'm not too deep into it but 20 hours i mean that's enough to like have an opinion i'm not that far <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah i mean um more or less, yeah, because I've been really taking it super slow with this one, because I've been really enjoying kind of like this extra flavor of games other than just Elden Ring and Horizon and any other game that like, I have that I've been thinking about playing. Nice. Any game that's coming out, really, but um, it's just it's just such a nice treat. It really is. Uh, I, I find just everything about it super charming, and the gameplay is a lot of fun, and mm. the story is really good. So like I'm I'm getting so much Game of Thrones vibes from it that I'm just really enjoying kind of like this high fantasy story that's uh, very intricate and one of the things I love about it the most that I didn't really expect really was the Suikoden recruiting part of it where Ooh. you just have like these characters that kind of get dropped every other chapter or so and they have they call it side character stories and you can choose to engage with them or not which is the interesting part. But when you do, you actually get some sort of background into these different characters that don't really encompass like the entire like grand story of triangle strategy, which is really nice. You get like kind of like, the cause and effects of different characters and every one of them has their own different gameplay style. So like I explained it last podcast, but mm -hmm. the ones like I just got this or this morning rather when I was playing was I actually unlocked a shaman. And what she does is she actually controls the weather, which actually has a good effect, like on the battlefield, obviously. So mm -hmm. you have certain characters that can cast uh, magic, being like blizzard, you know, the elements blizzard, thunder, fire, right. and all that can have an effect on the environment. So if I, I'm thinking now, like, okay, now that I could bring this shaman into my party, she can like bring um, rain, or, uh, you know, uh, what was the other one she said? Uh, like a tornado or something like that mm -hmm. so i can bring up those elements and then i can combine that with another magic user to just have an area of effect and just absolutely immobilize enemies so like those are kind of like the things i'm bringing to my head like once i'm actually uh recruiting these characters and there's another one that's a merchant where uh he can actually get for some reason one of his abilities that he can get uh enemies super mad or just like basically go in berserk mode to the point where they can actually go against like their uh like their, um, I guess, uh, what's it called? Their allies. Oh, so, gotcha. yeah. So, so like an so, aggro, like a like a type of aggro. 
Yeah, it's sort of like bribery, I guess you can say, or like maybe mm. just like you know a play on words that the merchant is doing to have this one person go against his friends and stuff like that. So like, it's really cool, and cool. Uh, it's the one thing that I've been really surprised about. Yeah, that whole Suikoden aspect that I loved about Suikoden in the first place. It's it's here in Triangle Strategy. I'm really enjoying that part. Right, which they are making one, right? There's like a Suikoden being made, or like it was Kickstarter or something. Or was that a different game? That was for the spiritual successor uh Eoden mm-hmm. Chronicles, I think it is. Something like that, yeah. Did it ever come yeah. out or is it not out yet? No, I, I if you go to Lords of Gaming actually, there's this one one of one of the writers there has been following that game since like it started Kickstarter. Mm. Uh, he, he's been doing like monthly updates. So check out on that because I think that game's supposed to release this year or next year and like maybe like the prologue is supposed to release this year. Gotcha. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, but so um, more or less, I've been kind of dabbling to that a little bit, and uh, it's mostly been kind of reading comics actually. Coming from our conversation Ooh. last week, so we were talking about Batman. I just decided to like really dive into comics, so I've been reading more of the Long Halloween. I've been reading, uh, obviously, I read Year One, and actually, I'm reading the sequel to the Long Halloween that I even know about called Dark Victory. And it's a it's a full on blown sequel and it's it's awesome man it's so good um, it absolutely goes into kind of the um, the parts of Batman that I think a lot of us find really fascinating it was just more kind of like the mental factor of it all and kind of like how much of a, 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 a how much of a loner he kind of really puts himself to be when all this tragic stuff starts happening in the long Halloween and uh, you get to see kind of like the repercussions of that in. Uh, in the Dark Victory comics, so I've been really diving into those, and then I want to get into Nightfall, which is the comic storyline where Bane breaks his back, um, and then the other one has been like the White Knight, which is like a more like a recent one, and uh, I actually finished Court of Owls. I haven't finished Court of Owls, so I want to get into that comic too. But um, you should give uh, yeah. the Batman who laughs a shot. It's really like a fascinating take on uh, Batman, like a mixture of Batman and the Joker. And just how absolutely dangerous that would be for like existence. <laughs> really? Oh, I gotta check yeah. it out then. Like, right, like literally the, the the premise. Like, you'll see like the, the comic. Like, literally, the Batman goes for like uh, to take Joker down, and the Joker has the gas that the the laughing gas shoot at Batman, and Batman starts to like. Hey, don't don't spoil become... it, man. Dude, that's literally like the fucking summary behind the comic. I'm mm, you just spoil the summary for you, so now I'm not gonna read it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's really cool, man. It's, a, it's like a couple of them. Like it's like a whole. It was like a crossover event that they did, um, or or like a special event comic that they did. It got so popular, like literally Batman who laughs skin. It's a skin in Fortnite. Yeah, that's I did remember seeing that. Yeah, I did yeah. remember seeing that. It's a scary ass looking character. Like a, it's a terrifying thing to imagine. So yeah, give it yeah, a shot. Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, definitely check that out. Because uh, I was looking at a couple of comics I had like from uh, just collecting over the years, and one of the ones I started from the New Fifty Two was the Death of the Family, which is uh, the mm. cover is absolutely haunting. So. It's uh, literally just you see Joker in the background, but it's a full-on back black black background. So you just see his eyes and uh, his obviously his huge smile, but he's holding up the skin of his face. Oh God, yeah, that one. That's the one yeah. that that's the one that people are like, 
oh my god, that's the, the where the scene's from. Because they're like theorizing that the scene that just came out, the deleted oh, scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, the more recent like, from one. Yeah, that. yeah. That, no, that, yeah. I got so much Death of the Family vibes from it, for sure. Um, just it was disgusting. So, yes, I also got those vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a really good storyline, too, just involving the whole Bat family and a Joker, like, finally losing. I mean, he already lost his shit, but, like, this right. is the point where he's, like, he's tired of Batman. <laughs> yeah, Joker, the entire Batman family. overall, Joker is just the biggest loser because he keeps losing. He doesn't win. Um, you know, uh, he, he's kind of a mid-villain. I'm kidding. No, he's, I like the villain. I like Joker. The clown prince himself. It's just, yeah, it, it yeah. gets to a point where, like, I mean, there's enough variety, but, like, Joker and Batman, there's, like, like those, those cows are being milked quite quite nicely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> you're freaking analogies. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Why is there mad lag right now? But uh, speaking of uh, lag, actually, um, Elden Ring. Um, hey, yo. <laughs> I don't know what hey, happened. Yo. I kind of have to back out of the game right now. I Stop capping. Game right now, Jesus Christ! What's going on, dude? All right, so yeah, I've been playing a little bit of Elden Ring, and uh, not a little bit. I put like a, maybe fifteen hours in the past week, fifteen twenty hours. Solid. Um, so you want to guess what level I am? <laughs> I want to what? Guess what level I am? Oh, what level? A hundred and one. Damn. Is that easy hours to in. to level up? It's easy to level up. It's just it's like, easy, yeah. like it's easy, it's easy to cheese the level ups, yeah, for sure. But 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 here's the thing, like you call it cheese, I call it easy mode. People want an easy mode, that's your easy mode. Just grind away and you'll become so powerful you can one shot bosses. But here's the thing. He's fifteen hours in and he's one oh one. I'm one oh two and I'm eighty seven hours, hours in. Thirty thirty hours in. Thirty hours in. I'm eighty seven hours in and I'm a hundred and two. I'm level hundred and two. So like your pay the pacing the, is literally yours for the taking like it doesn't matter yeah 100 yeah it's um but it's it's good so far i mean i i've i have my i have my uh grievances with the game or at least like the flaws that personally i don't like really for for uh when it comes to just the design feature of it um i i really really relish in like the closed corridor really intimate uh experience that bloodborne gave me Mm. And same thing with Dark Souls 3. So mm-hmm. when they place you in an open world like Elden Ring, a lot of that feels really stripped away because you just have so much in here. And mm. it's cool because there is a lot in there and there's a lot of really cool things to see. But like, I, I, a part of me really wish like, it was a little more focused in mm. kind of like the way that I really like Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3. But, um, right. but when you actually get into the legacy dungeons, it's something like really amazing. Like that's this is the part where I'm just like oh yeah this this is what I want right now so I just got to the second legacy dungeon uh, last night and and I ran to kind of like this roadblock for me uh, not specific, not specifically in the dungeon itself but more of just the fact that like whenever I get beat like a boss and I get a really cool weapon I can't use it because my stats aren't high enough and since it does take a little bit to actually level up in the game if you're just progressing naturally. Uh, which basically is going from place to place, just exploring. You're gonna be. Uh, it's gonna take a long time to for me to even equip those weapons. So mm-hmm. I decided to look up a couple of uh, farming methods and just go in. And uh, I did it for like a, maybe like an hour or two hours last night, and I got to level 100. So I'm gonna there keep doing go. the same thing until like I get to the actual stats that I want, 
and then I'll keep going because I just I, I don't want any more Roblox where like oh it's a really cool weapon, but I had to level up, and that's probably mm. not gonna be like for another hour or more. So, um, so yeah, so that's and where you, we're kind of kind of mad at the game. Use the gold pickled foul foot. Those are really good for for farming. Um, gold pickled foul foot. Yeah, those. That's an item that increases your rune take, and also try and like farm during nighttime because sometimes you have the weather effect that allows you to pick more runes. It's like five percent more. So like. Oh, that's what it was then, because I yeah. noticed that one. The golden yeah, leaves. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. what that is. It gives you more more rune pickup, I believe. So like, it it's like the game gives you the the tools to like, hey, you can become master Roshi like pretty quick. But like, you can you choose if you you know it's not it's not traditional by any means. But like, intentional or not, some things I agree. We're just I'm glad they fixed like the NPC thing. Like you can track NPCs now. Like on the map, you can see oh, where yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, I I, I concur. With, like Jason Schreier recommending an, a journal was like a good suggestion because <laughs> people that didn't know what they were getting themselves into, it's like, yeah, that's the scale of this map. Um, I don't agree. Of having that much ambiguity in a, in a map, I, I I do think that certain markers are needed uh, to make the experience a lot more uh, tolerable. But yeah, you know, they fix they fix that at least. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I think that's a good point too because I ran into um, Rena, the witch Rena, last night, mm. and I joined the, at least I joined like her cult, whatever it is, right. and it, it basically started this whole new side quest with. Um, Lord Blight, which is kind of like oh, the wolf uh, do you man. mean Ronnie? Or Ronnie, yes, Ronnie, Ronnie the yes, Witch. Excuse. Okay, yeah. And so I, I kind of started like that side quest, and then I found him in another area, and mm. then he's and then he was going on about something like, well, we need this, this, and that. I'm like, all right, well, let me look this, look this up and see what I need to do. One, I hate the fact that I had to look it up. That's mm. the first thing. And uh, two, there's other parts in that guide I was looking at. Where they're like, yeah, we haven't really figured out where to go from this point, so just hold on tight. I'm just like, are you serious, dude? <laughs> like, so the like, blind, was, so like, yeah, you, was, he did, did his dialogue not help? Was or was it too too ambiguous? Um, it, I felt like it was just a little too ambiguous, but like at that point, like, I probably just have to go back to him in that one area and just really analyze what he said and try to figure out from there. But you have to think. <laughs> I have to think, but at that point it's just like I'm not gonna remember like three days from now when I'm playing the game, man. Like you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like it's stuff like that. Like I remember this one quest, like I when I first started, like this girl wanted me to deliver like a letter to her father in some keep. I don't remember what that keep name was. Mm -hmm. Like I, I you don't realize how many classes I've been to in this game already in my past thirty hours. Like I'm not gonna remember one exact one. Right. So. It's a little stuff like that, but again, it's, it's like nitpicks, man. It's like it's for yeah, me, it's like nitpicks. I mean, and, and it, it is something that really like quests, quest lines, and 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 the Souls games have always been the listen to what they're saying, go there. But this time it's like tenfold because it's a whole map, and there's like twenty NPCs. So like you know to keep track is like kind of hard. But like in Dark Souls three, there was a a Mari or something, the one that you could marry and like get a certain ending with. Um, that you met, she was like a knight, and you had to meet her in certain spots of Anorlando, and if you didn't, like, it was missable. And then in Bloodborne, you also have things like from Alfred, or like Eileen the Crow. Like, there's things that you can do that you can miss, 
but you can't track at all and you don't even have a map in this case at least you can see where the npc can, is gonna be but it's yeah it's like the con is being that there's too many <laughs> there's there's a lot of npcs but i feel like that's why uh new game plus uh, i have a friend that he's like in new game plus six and he's like just like speeding through every new game plus here and there and doing specific things where he's like oh yeah there's this quest line i haven't completed so like new game plus four i did it and it was like and i enjoyed it or whatever so like once you figure out your first walkthrough the second one the third the fourth everything from there on is just easy easy as hell it's not like bloodborne where new game plus two is just you want to die because every enemy is just absurdly hard or like yeah or be like me, where I did New Game Plus uh, 4, and that's when I first started the DLC in Bloodborne, and you shouldn't do that, because it has some <laughs> of the strongest bosses in the series. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm thinking of, um, I don't know, it, to be honest, I don't even know if I'm going to do a New Game Plus of Elden Ring, to be fully honest. I, I, mm. I'd much rather jump over to Bloodborne, like I've been wanting to do, and just go from there. Finally? Because, yeah, and finally do the old Hunter's DLC. Yes! Yes! So, I'm thinking about doing that after after Elden Ring, cause yeah, I'm definitely not gonna do a new game plus for this game, at least not right now. But in any case, um, it's funny, funny man. Like, I don't know what kind of coincidence this is, but I haven't had any technical issues with the game since its latest patch. It actually has been running better, especially when you're in open world. Like, riding torrent doesn't feel doesn't look as jaggy and doesn't really have kind of give me a little bit of whiplash with the frame drop. But um, mm. I kid you not. As soon as I start talking about Elden Ring, I get input lag on my controller now. And oh so, like, man! I've so I just exited out the game real quick and jump back in. It seems a little better. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, even if I'm moving the camera around right now, oh my god, yeah, there's like a half a second delay. So um, I don't know what I'm gonna do there. So we'll see what happens. Mm. But yeah, that's been my experience with Elden Ring. So. It's, it's yeah, been it's been good it's been fun but yeah a couple of things here and there just like yeah just I mean hey it's if it, if it ain't got problems it ain't a game <laughs> that's true that's so true <laughs> wiser words have never been said <laughs> um, so this whole time man he's waking up no man I'm I'm stressed over here man <laughs> I, yeah I have this mission where like I have to like I I, I didn't even know like I was driving to this like pickup point. And it was like an entire minefield, so I was literally just like driving through it, like all like willy nilly, like you know, just like jamming out my head, you know, not having a, a care in the world. And then all of a sudden, I see all these red lights where I'm driving, and I'm like, "Oh shit, this is a minefield!" Um, <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, that was this is stressful. Um, so yeah, man. Um, so yeah, you. So I mean, you you basically said it, but. Um, and I'm curious uh, for you too, Walt. Have you had? Uh, have you found that you've had less issues technically uh, since this patch has been released? So surprisingly enough, uh, if prior to the patch, I didn't really have any technical issues like input lag or um, what was the biggest thing like performance issues. The biggest thing I've had, and I still have here and there, is texture pop-ups. But at this point, I've just like. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to happen regardless. Like, I don't know, it's something that will still happen no matter what. Um, but technical issues per se. Uh, the only one I had was during a boss, I I jumped and I was floating for the entirety of the 
of the boss fight and I couldn't move. I was just like falling in the air. Um, but that's been the extent of it. I haven't really had any issues. It's run like beautifully. It's it's really it's run really exceptionally good for me, uh, to say the the least. But no, I haven't had really many your issues. Okay. Cool, that's good to hear. Um yeah. yeah, so uh for me the games that I played this week, uh finished Arkham Asylum. Um Whoa. Wait yeah, for the first what? time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no. That's what I that's what I said. Well <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Yeah. Did Batman get you in that mood? Oh yeah, we. It, yes, sir. Marshall, it, it, it's it's never been more clear to me before than than this moment right now that uh right? our podcast yeah, host doesn't doesn't uh listen to uh our, our own yeah. shows, man. You caught that too, right? Call him four K. When you, <laughs> hey man, when when you're what when you're going to meet Nolan North, you forget about like oh the look at, it's look been at, a week, Walt. Shut up. Look at look at Mister <laughs> Big Shot here. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so finished finished Arkham Knight or sorry mm. Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum. Um, I guess uh, I mean I already talked about it a lot uh, last last podcast, but I guess yeah, like, yeah. No, really... I'll, I'll, I'm I'm gonna listen to it. But like my question is to you: <laughs> Are you gonna get through the other two? Yeah, yeah. I bought I bought uh the Return to Arkham collection, and then uh, Arkham Knight is only like seven dollars right now until the 31st so right yeah, i'm gonna pick that one up too but yeah, yeah I, I i mean i'm playing city like not right now but like you know I, i've been playing it as well so um gotcha so yeah yeah um having having uh, a good time with with city um asylum uh i hated the the final boss fight against uh poison ivy uh yep, that was I not knew, i knew you would yeah that was not fun um to be honest i don't really f find the combat to be fun either like there was a point with city like a few nights ago where like my like i, I remember if it was like my hands or my wrists but just just like generally that area like was starting to hurt just because of like the constant oh, button mashing over and over and over again um, yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of like already. Man. I'm kind of like at that point where I'm just like annoyed with the combat. It looks mm. cool as hell. Don't don't get me wrong, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's there's not much like, and of course I'm just at the beginning of the game, so this could change the more I progress. But like, I'm not finding yeah. much to like really challenge me or anything new to do besides square and triangle. To be honest, makes um, you feel like Batman. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, keep in mind, you're playing this after Spider-Man, which is basically like an enhanced version of the Arkham games. Mm, yeah. So, like, this this is like where free flow combat was really like, this is where it was born. So Though you'll have like, people on Twitter points. tell you that Batman, like, was like the perfected battle system and, like, Spider-Man didn't do anything special, which is like, nah. what are they playing? I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be, I didn't, I didn't feel the OG Spider-Man I kind of felt the same way about the OG Spider-Man, but uh, mm -hmm. Miles Miles definitely helped in that regard with introducing the Venom powers. I felt like that definitely added a little, a little bit more expression to uh, mm -hmm. to like what you can do in in combat. Um, but right. generally, I, I felt the same way about Marvel's Spider-Man um, and then mm -hmm. like the early Assassin's Creed games as well. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean that that didn't really do much to like you know uh, like make me like the game like or make me hate the game or anything like that i still thought it was a really really fun time 
um mm. otherwise i wouldn't be continuing you know with with city um and right off the bat i love that catwoman is just like immediately she's she's integrated into the into the story which is pretty cool yes sir um there's fun. a dlc with her they uh, it's, it's a, a little standalone with her Did yeah. You try it? um so yeah uh finished uh asylum uh going through city right now uh, i finished cyberpunk as well finally finished cyberpunk 2077 um that uh i guess i guess the i guess the only thing i will say is um oh and, and walt so last night funnily enough i started uh the nomad uh playthrough um oh very I, nice I, I don't think I'll like finish it. I just wanted to see like how different it is. I'm so disappointed that it's like literally like we already discussed that it's literally just mm -hmm. the one mission that is is different between the beginning mission. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's different between the um, you know the the main life paths, but it's literally right. only like I I don't remember if Street Kid was this short, but the Nomad opening mission is like five minutes long. And then after that, bam! It's just like it's the same game for every for every uh, um, life path. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely disappointed about that. That it's really not too different, no matter who you choose. Um, mm -hmm. but... I'd say that Nomad is the only path though that has the most different introduction. Yeah. Because it's it's literally the outskirts of the city so it's like yeah. the most unique area that you'll see like in contrast to the city itself so yeah for sure. that's like the main main thing main reason why i chose it because i was like oh no one understands me i'm like from out the city and i was like really living that rp um yeah. but only first mission <laughs> yeah I, I can understand that um especially like just thinking about like how boring street kid was the opening as mm. as street kid um yeah i can yeah, I, I can attest to that yeah nomad was definitely like i mean like a little bit better um right but yeah uh so aside from that man the the way this game ends is is sort of just like it's not like no matter i feel like no matter what ending you choose it, it's like they're all they all kind of suck um so like yeah obviously i'm not gonna get too too like spoiler into it it's spoilery in into like what actually happened i don't know about macho but... i don't i know about the endings but if, if you're doing for macho i understand yeah 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 i'm not gonna get any like too specific but yeah they they all okay. end off like pretty, i agree with you pretty depressing um I, I i've got the the sun ending i think um so yeah but i mean then again like and i feel like we've kind of talked about this in in the past um i really liked how just like it's that that classic sort of like cyberpunk question of like depend like it like how like i guess what i'm trying to say is like how how hurt human are you if you go through all these body modifications and augmentations like in, in an era where the line between human and machine is so blurred, like, like what does it mean to truly be human, right? And it gets to a point with, with V where you have all these questions of, like, an exact replica being made of her, right? Um, if you still have your body, like, if the body is still intact and the brain is still intact, 
does it even matter if you insert a, a like a replica of your memories in there like at that point is it even considered a clone when you still have your brain and body like still intact right like all those questions right. i i find like so so fascinating and then so it's it's the, like terrifying like scary stuff that like i i don't want to think about but like i was kind of forced to think about when when playing this right. game um and and yeah I, I i don't know man it's it's really bonkers stuff once you really start like digging into it um and depressing as well man um yeah. like like judy like i think about judy and that kind of like breakup that i had with her at the end um Damn. that and and the choice that you make with johnny and 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 what happens with rogue that i was not expecting that final confrontation with rogue and smasher and and, and johnny being there as well um all that stuff man is is it's it's crazy and yeah uh i don't know how if if you had anything else you wanted to to add walt but yeah that was that was definitely the stuff that um spoke to me the most was just like again those those questions of um I, I, again like just thinking about like um well the brain is technically the soul of you know of of our bodies like that's where you right. know, our memories are, are are stored and and things like that and again if like v has died multiple times in this game and she's about to die again um so if you were to sort of like insert her into you know uh, or or make a replica of her and and insert her into a body where her brain is still intact or something like that you know it does that constitute as 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 living you know uh things like that is johnny still living despite him not having technically a soul or a body to return to right like all those things right. is is so cool to talk about um and i really really loved about this game um, I yeah. love the, the the when that takes place in a cyberpunk or or sci-fi setting where it be, it's the norm. Like I really I don't know how you feel about Quantic Dream games, but out of the three, Detroit Become Human does have like good conversation starters about that. Like, what is a human? Like, or what constitutes a human being? Or like someone with a soul? Or or like are androids? people like if they grow a, a sentience does that mean that they grew a soul do they have a soul now so it's like cyberpunk takes that and makes it a more of a nihilistic approach because cyberpunk is very much just a depressing setting it, it, it's everything is upsetting there's no hope you're dying corp corporations are winning always and like you're ravaging for scraps here in the streets and but even by by the end, I mean you saw just like the decisions you have to make. Um, I. It's it's interesting that the only game that had me feeling the way that those endings had me feel. Was Mafia Three's endings, and it's because Mafia Three endings are like, there's no you don't win, no matter which ending you pick, you don't win. Yeah, that's how I feel you know? about this. You you either in Mafia Three is like. At, at least a protagonist. There's side characters that, that depending on the, the decisions that you make, certain characters will be benefited um, from your decisions. But, like, then it comes down to, okay, personal sacrifice. Is it all about, like, others? Is it all for the greater good? Does it matter what happens to you? Um, it, it, so many questions that quite frankly everyone makes, but 
I like it when games allow you to have that space to ask those questions and I really like sci-fi man I, I'm really interested in starting uh, the series of I haven't started it, The Expanse because it's like sci-fi um, it's and it's a very popular in Amazon um, yeah, it's a damn good show man I, I'm I'm, I in, I'm in the uh, to that point yeah go ahead what was that to yeah, that point sci-fi like I I, I I need to get back to it and I will I need to get back to Horizon because <laughs> like the sci-fi in that game is so well in, in, like placed, and and I just love it. everything about that game is like made for me. It's just like it doesn't suck that this is the reason why I stopped playing, but like because I got so invested in Elden Ring, like it doesn't mean like one or the other. But like I I want to get back to it, and like there will be a podcast where y'all are gonna hear me like, okay, I didn't sleep, I just played Horizon. <laughs> There's gonna be that podcast. Um, but yeah, man, what were you gonna say, so? Um, no, I was just gonna say that, yeah, Expanse is, is really cool. Um, I don't think it really gets into, like, the same questions that, like, you know, like, Cyberpunk does. Mm -hmm. Um, it's more about, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, world exploration and, I guess, like, things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, Cyberpunk had very much, like, the same stuff that, like, a lot of the reasons why I love Ghost in the Shell so much um mm. because asking those those philosophical questions uh you know that being present in in this game definitely is like a lot of the same reasons why i love ghost in the shell so much um so yeah that was that was really cool uh to have which that, to know. that point so to get into that just a little quick question you've seen the movies have you read the manga yeah yeah is it okay so is it like are the movies in the manga like that different from each other or do they explore the same themes i mean the the first movie is based off of the first or like i want to say like the ending portion of the first volume of the manga um the second movie who the fuck knows what's happening in that movie uh, <laughs> like that that movie is notoriously like like that that shit goes over everyone's head including mine like i i don't know like that one is like way too philosophical like the first one is like okay like you can you can get a grasp on 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 what that movie is trying to say like you might have to like really sit down and kind of think about it but it's it's still like you could you could definitely get what that movie is trying to say the second one i could not fucking tell you like it, it's it's <laughs> yeah that that one goes uh far above me but um I haven't read the second. I think there's like two major like volumes. I haven't read the second one. I don't think the second one is like an adaptation of of or the second movie is an adaptation of the second volume. Um, mm. But yeah, and then and then the standalone complex anime is just uh, like a totally original. But of course, like building off of like the sort of core ideas of you know what the manga did of the source material. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's essentially what I've been playing. Uh, finished Cyberpunk, finished Arkham Asylum, um, and that is, I think, pretty much it. So uh, for me, next, I guess, the next week is f uh, focusing on uh, City, and uh, yeah, have an update for you guys then. Um, but yeah, so now that we have gotten that over with, uh, let's get into some of these topics. Before we do, I want to remind everyone to. Please go ahead and like the podcast. 
um we agreed as a podcast that once we get to 80 subscribers uh wall is gonna post a video of himself dancing uh hey, so yo. so please uh get us up to, to 80 subscribers man and and you know we'll have that we'll have that out for you guys um so uh, and, and, and y'all will be very disappointed <laughs> um so, i don't know i sent you that i sent you that princess leia outfit so there you go yeah man. yeah man oh, that's man. what we're putting on <laughs> hey man the skywalker saga comes out next week it's perfect timing that's all I'm thinking about. Then you'll be wicked. You'll be one of the the little bears from Endor. What are they called? <laughs> Ewoks. <laughs> uh, Ewok. You both will be Ewoks, and I'll be your Leia. Dep, 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 dep. Hey man, I got I got something going on that day. <laughs> hey yo, <laughs> um, gonna be an Ewok elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> Stolen the Ewok costume. <laughs> Hey man, I, I went. I went to a. I went to a party a few years ago in a in a Darth Vader onesie, man. So don't some don't play with me. With the um, ab packs. Yeah, <laughs> um. So yeah, man. Let's jump into the first major topic. That being, of course, uh, PlayStation acquiring uh, Haven Studios. Uh, this was her studio. This was announced uh, on Monday. Uh, so PlayStation opening up the week. Uh, have you guys noticed that, like, I mean, we're still in, in March, but, like, man, like, PlayStation has had, like, a ton to say this year. I mean, on top of, like, the game releases, but I feel like, I don't know, like, every other week or every, like, three weeks, like, they have, there, there's something going on with them, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you guys have noticed that as well, but, like, and now uh, there's rumors, we'll see if it's true, but now there's rumors that Spartacus announcement is happening next week, so, like... Yeah, it, it feels very refreshing that, like, they're just, like, constantly, like, talking, you know? Um, yeah, and it's, it's ranging, too, from, like, indies to PSVR to big game releases to Spartacus now. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's it's being way more consistent, which is what you love to see. Love yes, to see. sir. It's like, it's, it's like, obviously, it's like, obviously, it's not realistic to expect them to have something to say, you know, like, all the time, but... Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's still it's still better cool. than last year. Yeah, um, still cool nonetheless. Um, but yeah, so uh, some some quotes uh, that I picked from uh, GameIndustry.biz. Um, Herman, you know, specifically talking about like why why now, um, and and why this this partnership. And uh, he said, quote unquote. It's just easier for us to invest in the team and game more deeply this way. It's a testament to the fact that we've been very impressed with the progress that Haven has made. They're actually exceeding a lot of the plans, including in terms of time, which very rarely happens in game development, let me tell you. So we thought, let's invest deeply and do this properly. Um, And then Jade Raymond over on the PlayStation blog had this to say. As an SIE first-party studio, we will have the opportunity to collaborate with some of the world's most renowned development teams, including studios like Gorilla, Naughty Dog, Media Molecule, and Insomniac Games, the creators of games that have inspired us as players and developers for years. We are excited to learn from these world-class studios as well as the exceptional central creative, technology, and marketing teams whose expertise will enable us to deliver even better games to players." Uh, End quote. So, uh, what was everyone's uh, first sort of like immediate reaction to when this news broke? Um, mine was that whatever they must be working on must be really damn good for 
uh, for PlayStation to really kind of jump the gun here. And mm-hmm. I think it what the quote you said with her from Herman um, kind of solidifies that too as the fact that like their work efficiency is top notch, yeah. and that's what you kind of want out of these at your studios too because. You want to pump out great content. You also want to do it in an efficient and timely manner, right? Right. Because we've been they've been following that kind of trend of big yearly releases ever since what maybe like what 2016, 2017, where mm-hmm. we had the likes of Bloodborne, then God of War, then Spider Man, then Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima. Like we we've just been inundated with like all these great games since then, and they've really been keeping that momentum of PS Five for really since it started really I, the only like slow burn was the end of last year but even then we still got console exclusives like Deathloop and, and stuff like in Kena and stuff like that yeah. so I think this is kind of like adds to their whole model for this gen of fast efficient and, and quality so if what they see is something truly worth going for then that's something that makes me pay way more attention to it as well um, I even checked out Haven Studios' website, and I sent it to you guys too. It's really slick, man. Like, it's yeah. an absolutely like eye gasm of of a website that's just <laughs> so slick and and fun to go through, and really nice to look at. That like, and they even had like their job postings like at the bottom of the page. I'm just like, damn, I want to apply. And like, I'm not <laughs> even in Montreal, like, because this is like a, like a really cool place to like work at, where like creativity is fostering yeah. here. So. Um, it's exciting stuff, man. I, I think we have something really special, especially coming from someone that's so notable in the industry, right? Jade Raymond, like she gets, like she gets some weird online internet yeah, hate. That's just, I, I, yeah. You see that, right? It's not yep. just me. It's yeah. it's really weird. I think it's just some like absolute losers that just hate seeing like a really successful woman in charge in place like this. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like it's it, the hate is like borderline misogynistic, like the, yeah. the one. And it's weirdo energy, like it really is. High key, high key. Yeah, no, it's 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 so weird. But in any case, like, I th- I think it's really exciting. Um, on the other part, of it, because I was listening to David Jaffe's like video about this acquisition, and he was saying that from from his own sources or his own people, that he still talks to his contacts. That Jade Raymond is like a really efficient leader. That she knows what she's doing, and she's not, you know, she's not an amateur. She's reliable. She she's does. capable. Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm yeah, one hundred percent like and i don't understand why but like as people always bring up well there's a there's you know there's a track record obviously because i mean look what happened at, at google and look what happened at ea i mean two situations yeah, that wasn't that, that wasn't that wasn't exactly, her fault though. exactly two situations that she literally had the rug pulled out from under her right so like i i don't know right like you put anyone in that situation and and you know it, it's yeah i don't know it's not something that happened because of her right um mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know it's it's really weird behavior but um yeah to to that point and i don't want i'm not i'm not saying you know that kojima and her, and her are you know of like equal standing or, or or whatever but it does remind me of like mm-hmm. how quickly uh kojima was able to build a studio and turn around a game in like right. three years right or four years yeah um so and it reminds me of that specifically because i remember mark cerny i feel like in like 2017 it was like what it was well before this game was death stranding was out and mark cerny had already like been playing uh death stranding at the time and he said something there was like a quote uh stating something along the lines of like he he is really impressed at how quick just how quickly the game is coming along 
and uh and yeah herman kind of saying the same thing here of i mean specifically calling out the time that it's taking to make this game is really impressing him definitely reminded me of that situation um but walt back to you man uh what was your immediate reaction to this immediate reaction and, and i sent it in the group like how she was she essentially said okay i'm gonna make my own studio found it a couple of years later okay i'm back with the family and it's just impressive how just how capable and reliable she's shown to be in the team just how capable and i think that's the key word with like playstation and with, with their acquisitions like capable and reliable because they're here to help you they're, they give you the resources but they have to trust you enough to where you're going to take care of of the product and they're going to oversee they're going to you know be there for for um advice and for consultations and whatnot but essentially it's like the 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 bridge between studios because now they'll be able to talk with naughty dog and they'll be able to talk with like molecule and they'll be able to talk with all these studios and consult and be efficient with them and capable and reliable and i i think it's it, it very much was just like a nice full circle uh of how everything went about and that's what you get when you get like industry veterans like her and like kojima where they just build a strong foundation and a fantastic just group of people that are passionate for essentially making video games and of course companies profit we all know that no one's defending anyone here uh and 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 no one no one needs that these companies don't need us standing up for them but it's nice to appreciate and and it's good to acknowledge the fact that these are people that they're they didn't just appear out of the the, the you know the ether just like that these are people that have experience and and have uh the the knowledge to be in this position and not, i think the acquisition that's so cool not only so just cool. like general experience but they have like years like the, a lot of people at this team have years of experience working specifically together with one another um, yeah they have history they have chemistry they have already the they they can very much i think the relationship they have between them is the relationship that playstation has with their studios where it's you do your thing i'll do my thing but we understand each other and and I and that, again that's not always the case. Sometimes there's a miscommunication. There's and I think indie companies that's where most of you know majority of people wish that uh, the attention and the love was put more into, which we're seeing more recent, more recently. Oh but, yeah, they're killing it this year with it. Honestly, no, truly, like that. I feel like last year was a very big learning year for PlayStation, in that this year they're really like going in strong, and, and it's. It's barely. It's gonna be April. Like we're still like in the in the first half of the year, so they can still do a lot more. Which yeah, they just they just stealth dropped a, a new indie game yesterday. Um, I forgot what it was called, but it's basically like a a, a beat 'em up. Um, oh god, what is it? Uh, what is it? Is it like hand it's drawn called, or is it what is it? It's it's called it's called it's called Tunchi Tunchi. Oh, Tunchi. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Um. I think it was blessing from kind of funny. I saw a video like it was like a couple months ago where they were. Uh, I think it was still in development or like a year ago. And yeah, they they did self drop. Yeah, I saw that because you shared it. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it looks that. yeah, it looks great. It's a uh, it's like a what is it? I'm looking at it right now, and it's a. Uh, and just, it has Hat Kid from Ahead in Time. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like a, a, a beat-em-up. Uh, I just saw the description. What the hell? <laughs> what is this? It's a game. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. a video game, I promise. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's absolutely a, a video game. There you go. It's a beat-em-up hack-and-slash roguelike with roguelike mm. elements. And it What's has a, a roguelike? It's yeah, it's a co-op game, but like the way it looks, like it looks awesome, guys. Like the art style is just absolutely amazing. Um, but it has these really cool characters. But yeah, that's like one random indie game that I saw pop up on their channel and that they promote it on Twitter. And I was like, this looks really cool for twenty bucks, like to play with friends. This looks really nice, man. So, yeah, what's up? PlayStation is absolutely killing it when it comes to like the indies this year. Yeah, love to see it. And yeah, but yeah, the the, the... I think it's it's a great. I mean, it and not only because oh, it's not the fact that it's like oh, it's an acquisition. No, I'm not looking at like it as like oh, another studio for PlayStation. No, it's who it is, and who's involved, and the history. I mean, and... that's that's the big difference I feel between the acquisitions that Sony is making versus Microsoft is that Microsoft is very IP driven at the moment for mm. specifically for, um, for Game Pass and. As, as opposed to, to PlayStation, they're very talent-driven. I mean, look at the amount of money that is shelled out just to retain the talent at Bungie. Um, and this is the same thing here, where uh, they're not exactly doing that, but in terms of, you know, they're they're specifically investing the t in the talent at Haven Studio. Um, you know, Jade mm. Raymond, you have literally the original founders of Assassin's Creed with Jade Raymond, uh, Raphael Lacoste, and, and Corey May all there at this studio. People who have, not just those three, but people who have worked together on, on the original Assassin's Creed games, have worked together at Google, right? They have such a familiarity with, with one another um, that I feel like yeah that it was probably like a no-brainer for them and it's probably another reason why they're able why they're they're seemingly making this game so quickly because they they have experience working together um mm -hmm. so yeah uh that's that's another thing that uh i think is is, is pretty interesting and then um i guess like a, a the 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 immediate thing that I saw when this when this kind of broke was people questioning and i guess i even did too uh immediately but once i started thinking about it it made it made a lot of sense uh a lot of people were questioning like before you know they they've even made their first game like that's like what that's really weird and the thing what like, the reason why you do this acquisition now is because can you imagine if you know their their first game uh becomes like a lost ark situation or a final fantasy 14 situation where it's something that it, it absolutely blows up uh, imagine how expensive they are going to be after that. They're going to have tons of suitors in the event of their first game being a hit or, or, or something like that. So it makes so much sense to go after them now when they are probably at their cheapest, the cheapest that they will ever be, um, as opposed to, you know, after their, their first game when they probably have a lot more eyes looking at them compared to, compared to now. Um, yeah, their their location definitely speaks to that too, because they're in Montreal. So the the game development side of, and even the publication side over there, it's pretty pretty niche. Diverse. Yeah, I mean, it's diverse, but it's, it's niche compared to like other parts of the world. So mm, mm. having having one kind of hub there is also really nice because that's like you said before, so like you're just fostering talent. So you have one big studio from one big publisher, then that's gonna you know spread waves. I mean that's that's another thing that they kind of talked about in 
I mean, Herman talked about in his talk with uh, GameIndustry.biz is that like Canada in general, like specifically the area with Montreal, Quebec, uh, Toronto, uh, is just like this hub for for game development. Like it is the Austin, it is the sort of like Santa Monica of uh, game development in Canada. Like there are so many studios in that area. Uh, that it, it not goes far beyond just the Ubisoft studios, of course, but, you know, Sega has teams mm. over there. Microsoft has teams over there. Like a lot of people have teams specifically in that area of Quebec and Montreal and, and Toronto. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a little surprising that it's taken PlayStation this long to kind of like tap into that well, but they finally did. And it's, it's, it's a very big deal that they finally have a team that's, that's, that's over there. Um, so yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah, that's good for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, aside from that, we didn't really. I mean, obviously, I feel like we knew this last year that their game that they're making was a live service game. Um, I don't know mm. why people are like all of a sudden shocked about that. And I guess that kind of brings up this question of like people are seeing PlayStation, you know, obviously being upfront and and sort of talking about that they have 10 live service games planned uh to release uh before 2026. Um and people, you know, obviously see this acquisition, uh a team that's making a live service game. Um so people are are, are kind of like I don't, I don't know if scared is the right word, but they're making up this thing in their head that PlayStation is giving up on single-player games and are going fully into the direction of live service now um you know the the recent release of Gran Turismo 7 and the debacle with its microtransactions and stuff like that I guess I guess kind of feeds into that worry or concern that people are having um but yeah what what do you guys think about that topic because I'm sure you guys have seen that that sort of like quote-unquote worry that people are having I don't express the same worry I, I i do think that they're dipping their toes more into that field uh but i don't don't think it's going to be just a a, a full-on shift where they're just going to ignore their single player game i mean that's like the bread and butter of like why playstation is so renowned with like their single player like first party exclusives um I do think they're going to start pumping out more like, you know, they have 10 life service plan. I think it's just more like testing the waters and see where their strengths lie and like trying their own version or their own approach at the widely successful uh, formula that is a life service game. But I don't think that they're just going to shift and not do single player games at all. That'd be, I don't know if that's smart or not. I don't think it would be the right move but who am i to determine that macho no it's a i mean we saw this before but it's it's ridiculous um because <laughs> it really is man it's just it really is. yeah because like square enix their cash cow right their their beast that's being fed is final fantasy 14 you know that's that's their that right now that's their big money maker and they've been trying to make other money makers being avengers and babylon's fall even joke even talk about gp and those are just kind of like not dead in the water but like those definitely didn't hit the marks that they want surprisingly right um but final fantasy 14 is the one that just keeps funneling funneling in money because it's just it's so good it's, it's a game right. 
<laughs> it's it's a game that's like providing uh, funds to projects like Final Fantasy VII Remake, a full blown single player RPG, to Final Fantasy sixteen, another high quality single player RPG, to Forspoken, another single player RPG. Like, are are you guys catching my drift here? Like, like <laughs> single player games are not going anywhere because they have a focus on live service. Square Enix has been pumping out. A couple of live service games in the past couple of years. Meanwhile, one of them has been wildly successful and almost supernaturally successful, actually, the way whoa, it, it got recovered. But the, the, this man, this man got uh, Square Enix on 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 the brain because you know, <laughs> we're, ta- <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about PlayStation, like specifically them. Like, what do you think? Because people people are seeing. Uh, uh, I, I know, but that's I, I'm ma- I'm making the comparisons here. That's oh, what okay. I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah the- it's because Square like the same thing that Square is doing is like they have the life service, but they're not gonna like just stop doing what the their main bread and butter is like the meat and potatoes of what like exactly they're known yeah. for. Yeah, okay. and they've been pumping out remasters and all these single player ventures and like projects and ideas because of also like kind of their bedrock and, and live service like that's providing the extra funds to for them to do stuff like that. It's the same thing with PlayStation. You know, their big thing is on the live service stuff because that's gonna think that's gonna be the thing that keeps making the money the same way PS Plus and the online services have been given have been given the money for like the past decade, um, and that's gonna flow into Spartacus too. That's gonna be a constant stream of revenue. That's just gonna make them more money, more money to provide more single player experiences, and it just it's all a funnel. So it's ridiculous that people have that worry because it's, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. That. Yeah, I, I I agree that's ridiculous because people are acting like this is going to be like a mutually exclusive thing. Like we're only going to get uh, live service experiences from here on out. When in reality, we're getting we're getting both. And I don't I don't see I don't see an issue with having more games or a, a more variety of games. Like, isn't this what people were asking for when they complain that oh, PlayStation doesn't have you know multiplayer games and and things like that. Well, this is exactly what you're asking for. They're they're doing both, right? They're they're giving us yeah. a more, a wider breadth of content to to their players, which I'm probably not going to play all of them, right? I'm not the biggest multiplayer fan, but like mm. regardless, there's going to be an audience who who is craving for those kinds of experiences. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been I've been waiting for them to do some kind of fighter um 3d 2d not 3d but 2d fighter mm-hmm. just so i can actually use ps plus because <laughs> I, have, I have no online uh other than you know maybe like elden ring or something but it's, it's very minimal and at the, mm-hmm. to that point i will love for like for me a reason to get back into online and jump into multiplayer scenarios uh with one of them being dnf duel coming out at the end of june so mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's another reason that I think that's only like a PlayStation console exclusive. So there's yeah, that. It's, it's it's weird because like I feel like like are people also just forgetting the fact that uh, I forget if, if it was Jim Ryan or Herman who said that they have 25 games in development at PlayStation Studios right now, 25. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're taking just like doing, half of them were like new IPs or something, right? That too, and just and just you know doing simple math here. If ten of those are live <laughs> service games, then you have you still have fifteen. Fifteen that are single player games, right? So yeah, I I don't I don't understand like I, I just don't understand where like the the worry and concern is, is coming from. It's really just being weird. dramatic. Just being um, dramatic. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I guess that's that's pretty much it for. I mean, if unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about in regards to Jade Raymond and, and Haven joining PlayStation, um, Matt, congrats! Matt, yeah. congrats to to the team. Uh, yeah. they, Kudos. They're back Welcome in the family. The family. And this, Welcome to the family, son. And you know? this, this also, I guess the last thing I'll say is that this also feels different to like a Insomniac acquisition or House House Mark or or Blue Point, in terms mm. of this actually feels more in line with like, I guess like a Naughty Dog or a um su- not Sucker Punch, uh, Gorilla uh, acquisition. Yeah, it feels where, more personal. Where these, where those companies when they were acquired, they were literally like just starting out. Like they were in their infancy, and this is literally like this, Haven has only been in existence for for a year, um, mm-hmm. so literally they are picking them up literally at their beginning before they have even uh, released the game. I'm not saying that it's essentially like like Sony built this studio, but like to be honest, Sony has been there funding the studio since the beginning. So I mean, really. Um, yeah, it does remind me of like a gorilla situation or uh, yeah. Naughty Dog when they pick those guys up, like essentially at their at their start. Um, it better not be the Twisted Metal reboot, I swear to God. Hey yo, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine Haven Studios working on a Twisted Metal reboot? Of no, all man. Things? No, it'll be funny. But thank God they <laughs> said they said it was it's a new IP, so you don't you don't know. Yeah, about gotcha. That. It's yeah. Metal Twisted. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so. you know, it's it's funny how like because uh, to, to, I had to bring it out like Macho mentioned just how their website is slick as hell. It like, is, man. We got we got companies like just like that have been for you know with us for a while and not just video games and and non video game alike that have just terrible design choices in in, in websites and. And they're just a year in, and they have they feel like they've been around for like they it feels like they know what they're doing, which they do, but they've been around for like <laughs> such a like small amount of time. It's very much like like I'm excited for the it it, it gives me the same like feeling that like Glenn Schofield is with like making Killies to protocol. It's like it feels familiar, but it's new. It's like, you know, because it's Seth Spades, but it's like the special successor, but it's like J. Raymond, Haven, PlayStation. It feels like, I feel cozy. I feel like, ah, oh, we're back home. Like, ah, oh, yeah, we're working on <laughs> games that, that that matter, you know? And to Macho's point, uh, he brought out Forspoken. Uh, like, my meter towards interest did move just more towards it. Like, it, it's like, it's moving around a lot. It used to be in, like, I don't care. Now it's like, maybe like like it's a oh, that's a day one for me yeah that's a day one bro okay so i i don't have to feel shame for like starting to like feel that way because like <laughs> man you need to feel shame at all like what you like i don't know about y'all but like because we, we just i roasted this game so much in my mind at some point where like now i'm like that that looks so fun <laughs> that game looks so fun it looks so beautiful now like the cop oh man but yeah uh with haven uh congrats and can't wait to see what they're working on on that uh, now, truly headcanon, real head, a twisted metal reboot. <laughs> hmm. Um. So yeah. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, we had we had a a major delay this week. Um, mm. I don't know if you guys remember what it was. Uh, do you guys remember what it was? A delay. No. Yeah. It was a uh, Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. 
Oh, really? <laughs> Seth Hill just tweeted it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was announced as well this week. Um, moving to, uh, I forgot if they specified when in 2023, but we know it's 2023 spring. for sure. Spring. Okay. So um, it's a full on year delay. So, uh, how long has it been since Arkham Knight? Eight years, right? Yep. Eight years. A long time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, this doesn't have to be a long topic, but were you guys surprised in this? Were you, were you guys confident that this game was coming out? I was uh, relieved. I was so relieved. Why? Really? Be- yeah, because I'm not really looking forward to the Suicide Squad game. You don't want people enjoying it? You're like, ah, no. No, it's because <laughs> I, I don't want it to steal the thunder of the other game I'm very excited for, which Gotham is Gotham Knights. Knights, which I think is going to be the better game, to be honest with you. But Interesting. Um, more because I'm just interested in that premise of it. Like, that, that one that reveal trailer for Gotham Knights absolutely sold me. It's a game I've been wanting for such a long time. Mm. So, but, and to get, like, another uh, Batman-esque, you know. T- I mean, I know it's not Batman-esque, but still, it's like. It, it, so it's, they train under Batman. It, it is yeah, Batman-esque. Yeah, Literally, more, they all yeah. are affiliated to Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like, I'm not sure, like, how they're really going to pull it off. And then it's. You don't have no idea if it's open world. Like we we, we don't really know much about Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and and the design choice for Harley's not my favorite. I really don't like the way she's designed in that game. But, you, don't, you don't like the little buns? You don't like the no? Little, yeah, it looks super goofy and the Star Leia Wars-ish. Buns? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> nah, yeah. So I mean, regards. I, 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 it's it's for one is Roxy Studios, so it's going to be a fun game regardless. But mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how they really tackle it. But yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that it's getting the time that it needs, and there you go. It's not exactly. taking the spotlight away from Gotham Knights. So which I'm all for been so. Yeah, I mean, it would have been so weird just to have, like, two of those big releases released side-by-side side with each other and kind of compare. Like, if people were going to do the compare-contrast thing, you know, it's, it would be annoying. So, mm-hmm. rather not. <laughs> rather not. <laughs> it's just, like, just stay there. Just don't come out. <laughs> just get delayed by a year. <laughs> just it's get okay. delayed by, like, a whole year. No, but that's good. <laughs> like, again, like, now, you know, I'm not selfish. I, I, a little bit. But, like, when I hear, like, a delay, <laughs> I, I actually feel very very relieved to that point macho because that just means the game is gonna be treated with more careful and more ref- refinement and just yeah more. but eight years man eight years since there was a game that's wild to me hey man uh kingdom hearts 3 took a long time and look at the masterpiece that came out uh, i don't know about that one but <laughs> I um I, that's a like very that. bad example actually now i'm actually worried for <laughs> suicide squad <laughs> yeah, man, that's like that's like bringing up the last guardian man <laughs> yeah um, i don't know about that one man. Even good though, game even though, yeah but... i, I kind of like that game um, yeah good game but i don't, I don't know about all that no it, it, it ain't shadow but yeah so uh yeah i'm, I'm also like not really like interested in mm. to, to be honest any of those two games but uh, mm. but, uh <laughs> i love how he and this man was like, like he was like really he's, <laughs> he's talking to me well yeah because you're you're uh, like the the batman yeah. you know like super fan and, and stuff like that batman so. fanboy yeah you're not right you're not you're not wrong so but i love but, how he like he said it so fast where like you couldn't say anything. like to be honest I, i'm not excited but you know i, I mean you know. <laughs> <laughs> neither of them but you know and that, and no, yeah, no, he's you know he's not wrong. Just like yeah, just like when they uh when they announced they're doing a Suicide Squad game out in my head, I was, it's so so bad. I was like, really? It's it's such a weird like, 
it's so weird like you know you know what i mean like going from no, a single player you know like batman centric thing um to be honest i didn't like i was expecting them to go more along the lines of like what monolith is doing with uh wonder woman right like uh, like one yeah, character focus yeah. kind of Bro, thing that i'm looking forward to yeah like single player adventure game like like that with but, the like, nemesis system oh man but for them to go just straight like in the other direction to like multiplayer like co-op suicide of, of all things right like i, I could have never guessed that the what what what? <laughs> He's a reader. It's suicide. Oh, suicide squad. Oh, my God. Um, but, uh, I'm sorry, man. It just so- it sounded really funny. Continue. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Um, It'll be a masterpiece. Game of the year. Yeah, I don't yeah, think anyone's saying that. But uh, yeah. Uh, so aside from that, I. Uh, boys we had i think this happened on on monday as well uh i might be wrong but uh obviously gc is Maybe. happening right now so uh obviously a lot of developers are uh are networking as we're speaking and uh mm. cd project red announced that there is a new or that they are beginning development on a new witcher game uh perfect timing as they are at gdc so obviously they are this is sort of like a hiring move um so obviously we don't know too much about the game aside from that it is moving from their red engine to unreal engine 5 um Mm -hmm. and then also that this is presumably not uh going to be i mean i obviously not going to be with Geralt or uh siri this is looking like it's focusing on um a new school altogether uh school of the Lynx, uh which is okay so i wasn't going crazy i don't know about witcher but I looked at it and I'm like, is this School of the Links? So it is, because it doesn't look, you can't see the whole thing. Is that School of the Links? That metal? I mean, yeah, the, it's, it's something that they that they created specifically for, I guess, like this new saga. Because it's, it's a school that has previously, like, never existed. So, yeah, it's something that mm, they've okay. created originally themselves. Um, so, yeah, which is... Which, which is really cool. Yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, what, what is everyone, what's everyone's kind of thoughts on this? Uh, the, I think the well, obviously the biggest news is the fact that they're they're working on a new Witcher game, but the fact they're going to Unreal Engine Five is bodes well. Hopefully, we actually get a a, a working game on release. You sound so jaded. What's well. <laughs> yeah, just, just because like because like Witcher Three, as amazing a game that is, was not subject to uh or, or was subject to like a whole bunch of just kind of hashings right just like actually fixing up the game like i remember when i i remember getting the game playing it for a couple hours and just dropping it yeah just dropping not really because of bugs or anything just because like i I just wasn't in the mood to play it and i couldn't jump back in it was a completely different game you know it looked different it played differently so like i'm hoping that we could and then obviously cyberpunk so i'm just hoping that moving to this new engine just can uh really help them and you know sell not sell but launch a game efficiently uh without any you know game breaking bugs or like crazy visual overhauls or anything like that like we've seen in the past so mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. as far as like the lore and, and and you know the lore of the witcher and what they're going to bring to the table i am very confident in what they can do so yes, sir. 
so I'm really I'm really interested to see like what they create in their own universe, and um, <laughs> I wonder if Andrew Sapowski is going to have any, any implementation into this. Hmm. Although probably not, because he's really salty about it all. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it would be really cool since uh, this is uh, a new school altogether, and since we we have no you know uh, preconceived notions of of who exactly is going to be in this game and, and what time period this is going to be in. I think it would be really cool if they let us create our own Witcher and and kind of go that route and, instead of a, a set uh, predetermined character like Geralt again or, or Ciri or something like that or Vesemir. That's that's the last thing I, I kind of want them to do. I don't want them to do a game focused on Vesemir or, or Ciri or, or Geralt. Like, I feel like their stories have, have ended. You know, there, there's a, a neat little bow on them. Um, so yeah, I, I would like to see a, a new cast of characters, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, speaking of that, that, actually, I think, uh, it'll be really interesting if they decide to go into the past and, um, start up their game right when the convocation happens and there's needing for like these witchers, these monster hunters, and then School of the Lynx is one of the earlier schools that was established, but wiped out eventually. I think that'd be a pretty cool storyline to follow by the fire nation yeah pretty much yeah that'd be um, interesting because there's like is there like in witcher 3 correct me if i'm wrong it's the same, they have time travel right um no or is it I mean, dimension traveling like what is it that that they have it's more dimension dimension traveling than anything and that's very very um minimal because only siri is the only reason that really experiences that yeah then by having like that idea, I mean, I don't know if like they can like explore a com- just a completely different universe in that regard. I don't know. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. You know, because like they already like told you. Oh yeah, there's other places. Because even Siri goes to like, oh, they were flying, like you know, vehicles or whatever. They were flying like um like hunks of metal, whatever. Like she describes basically cyberpunk. Well, like, that'd be weird because it'd be like. Okay, you're telling me that witchers exist in, in this cyberpunk world now? No, or don't in... give me witcher cyberpunk. But like, give me like another like fantasy place. I don't know, like the the another yeah, realm he's, he's or another like yeah. He's, he's talking yeah, specifically just... not not like where Siri and Geralt are. From. No, that'd be disgusting. Not not witcher, no, no, but but like witcher I, cyberpunk. But like, I mean, like, that was just an example. But I mean, like, if mm-hmm. if you know, she if I don't know, we we dimension hop to like a a mm-hmm. sand planet or something like that. So. Right. You tell me now that like there's there's like witchers in in that universe as well. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. I don't know how crazy they're gonna go, and like, because they specifically said we have what what haven't we done? We haven't announced Witcher four, and that very much tells me that this is just gonna be. I mean, of course, it can, it can be in the same universe. I'm going like overstretching like other universes, but like if there's like on a, a somewhere else where like to Macho's point, like they go back in time and like when it was first founded, or if it's like a place where not necessarily the 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 origin of of the Witcher, but just the makings of that like start, or like just the very much origin somewhere else. I don't know. Like it, if they're gonna implement like past characters, that'd be cool. Like just like cameos and stuff, but like completely different cast to your point. So uh, that'd be refreshing and like because I I feel like I spent enough time with with everyone in that world in mm. Witcher three, and. Know that the books very much explore every nook and cranny of the, that cast of characters. So, like, a different, completely new setting would be amazing. Honestly, 
I wouldn't mind if it's like a setting to the similar vein of like uh, Blood and Wine, that area. Yeah. Um, like that was. I still think about that, like y'all. Like it's crazy how like. Same I, here. Yeah, I need to replay uh, that on PC. Oh, dude! It out of all the DLCs, I have three DLCs that are always at the top of my head, and it's Blood and Wine, Undead Nightmare, and Old Hunters. Those three, like that's peak DLC for me. This is this incredible. Yeah. But yeah. Um, we'll see. So yeah, very excited. Uh, we won't see this for a really long time. Actually, let me ask you guys this. No. What comes out first, Elder Scrolls Six or uh, the New Witcher? <laughs> and, well, it depends how much they have to do in Engine Unreal Engine Five. Like, I have no idea if they're going to carry over all their assets from Red Engine to Unreal Engine Five. Don't be smart with this. You'd be dumb. <laughs> well, that's 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 the only thing that I'm thinking of. Like when when uh, when Soul said that you know they're going to move this stuff to Unreal Engine Five, it really felt like well right. they're going to reuse assets or they're going to bring some over like because it really mm. depends how much that's going to be but um with that said uh witcher 4 is coming out first for the meme <laughs> yeah. Um. honestly yeah I, 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 at this point i just like <laughs> elder scrolls is just a fever dream dream like for me it's like they're like we're working on it i promise and i'm like okay like yeah no there's there's no it's... way elder scrolls elder scrolls 6 is coming out before oh new consoles come out we'll get four more expansions for eso before we get elder scrolls 6. Mm. hey man if, if we get if we get elder scrolls 6 before last of us two factions we, we have problems yo <laughs> we're, 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 that's we, a we got that's a different problem, problem right there we got major problems bro. <laughs> yeah. i don't want that <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. No, no, go back, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, sort of the other uh, major topic that, or major piece of news that broke, uh, I think yesterday, um, was that uh, PlayStation's uh, Spartacus, a codenamed Spartacus, their sort of uh, updated subscription service. That's essentially a combination of. PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now is finally going to be revealed uh, next week. Um, does anyone have like any of the details handy? No, <laughs> this is because every time I see details of Spartacus, it's always some weird tier prediction nonsense. Yeah. that just I, sounds I either really too good to be like, true or concise. too dumb to be true. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I haven't found anything concise that like tells me. Okay, let's be level-headed about this. No, it's like, guys, it's going to be like three tiers. You're going to have to pay this for this. There's not going to be any legacy d titles. All I know is, is that, well, I think that stood out is that uh, they they won't have, like, number, or, like, it's predict, like, people are, like, rumors about um, they not having, like, day one, like, first place, first uh, party titles. Which, um, yeah, which are the, in, the, in the consistency of combining PS Now and PS Plus. Right, mm -hmm. which, which I think makes sense for them i mean this is sort of like i remember sean lading talk, talking about this about like how unsustainable it would be for them specifically to put a game like god of war you know day and day on a subscription service like that um mm -hmm. so it makes sense why you know that has just kind of been like the one consistent thing throughout all these rumors um right yeah which that's... to that point soul because uh, now that you mention it yeah i i want to get like your input on, on this like that being the case right Sean Lane established like 
what works for PlayStation. People are saying that, oh, wow, no, like, that's the dumbest move because that's what makes Game Pass work. It's like, but it's not the same approach. The subscription model is not the same. I mean, if I, yeah, it's a subscription, but the approach and the and the purpose is not the same. And yeah, when, that, 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 that pretense that people keep saying that, like, it has day one, you know, Xbox exclusive in it. Which is great, but um, I mean, right. where are where are they? You know, <laughs> exactly. I was about to say, give me the binoculars. Yeah. Like, I, I'm able to find. <laughs> oh, no, man. I, I'm able to. But no, find no, this, no. This, this brings no, up legit. a yeah. It's a it's a legitimate like argument. Like you could say like yeah, that's Game Pass day one. You know, high console exclusives, but like y'all not getting those for a long time. You know, and yeah. you, you got you got then they got sparse um drops last year and. You know, everybody, you know, the saying is they've been quiet lately, but like, regardless, like, you know, I feel like that, that one argument is strong. Yeah, it's absolutely strong, but like, it's, yeah. it's not going to have any true weight until we actually see that. And that's not going to be for a while. I mean, that's why, like, I, I think it's so dangerous for, um, like, literally no one was propping this thing up to be a quote unquote game pass competitor until and, killer, I, and, like and i don't I was being deemed and i don't think that's like what this is like at all or it was ever pegged to be that until you know places like i was literally just looking at ign right now and their their tweet is like uh sony's uh game pass competitor you know and and i feel like it's really dangerous like already putting that in people's minds that this is like so, somehow going to be sony's answer to game pass when i don't think that's what they're shooting for at all mm-hmm. um yeah like i i i don't know like it, to me this is this is literally just service consolidation like as we just talked about combining these two services into into one um and at best like we'll we'll have classic games in there um but... Well, I, well, to, to I, I kind of disagree with that because I, I do think it's a Game Pass competitor in the sense of like having having a space in that realm, but they have as, a... as, as, as live services because God, because Game but that's Pass... not the intention. I mean, because the thing is, when it comes to Game Pass, a lot of it is a lot of the buzz around it is the positivity of what it offers, mm. and you can't really. I feel like you can't really just let your competitor just stay there and, and reap all those benefits and get all the publicity that it wants from media. I mean, we're seeing it like right in front of us, right? Like where media is just absolutely just eating up Game Pass, mm-hmm. and they they and of course, PlayStation kind of wants that space where they want to dip their toe in there. So I do think it's it's in some way a Game Pass competitor, whether it's in like an equal like service. I don't right. think so. No, which is that's where the argument lies, like. Yeah, you have people saying, "Oh, this is the Game Pass killer." Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's let's take a step back and, and ask ourselves what makes Game Pass what it is, and then when Spartacus, you know, codename Spartacus comes out, what makes that exceptional, and what makes that worthwhile, and the bang for your buck? Because very much, you see the 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 what people always <clears throat> are asking for. It's like legacy titles or like. It's, you know, like PS1 and PS2. Like, people want, like, old games on a new console. Something that Xbox perfected, like, a while ago with backwards compatibility and the amount of the games that you can play there. Um, they yeah, very it much are sucks asking, that they kind of stopped too, but... Yeah, and, and they're very much asking, at least with PlayStation, you see, like, this sentiment online where they just want to be able to, like, play the classics, not streaming them, like on PlayStation yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Download them, 
you know and i think that that's uh, this is like the beginning phase this is going to feel like baby like uh, the the beginning what game pass was at the beginning or like what people like thought about it in the beginning like this is going to be like spartacus but a bit more refined um and whatever playstation decides to do not saying that's going to be better than game pass but it's going to do it's going to benefit playstation owners and i think that's the big thing it's that focus on your audience what does your audience look for when purchasing a playstation or when providing feedback and i think that's what like spartacus is going to be the answer to is it the answer to game pass no but is it a competitor yes it's more so on you know, it's very different things yeah i think i, I guess i guess my thing is that like what literally what makes game pass game pass is first time uh, first party titles and third party titles dropping day and day in into game pass mm-hmm. and if you're mm-hmm. spartacus and you don't have that then like are you really competing with with are you really a quote-unquote game pass competitor at, at that point um mm-hmm. well so, would it, if to well to that sorry to cut you off but like to that point then ps now is a competitor to game pass i i guess but like because they because they, they just dropped shadow warrior 3 day one in that like last month sure but again it's not like horizon and and god of war like they entered in in there like years after the fact so yeah mm-hmm. i don't know but but i mean then again like um yeah if if first and third party games weren't in game pass then yeah then ps now definitely would be more of a competitor at at, at that point but again that's that's not the case um so well i i think that's mostly because of just perception because if we were to look at it like that right because like you said game pass has third party and first parties in there day one ps now is starting to do that to starting to do that excuse me and as well as what ps plus that did with like its indies and stuff like that so the competition is there it's it's, it's as a matter of fact i think spark is just gonna amp it up a little bit more because with right. game pass we also had third party dealings with like outriders right we're like that that absolutely blow, blew up within the month of its release and then died off and then like right. other third party titles are in there not, like not huge stuff but like and indies like two oh yeah indies yeah indies galore man like that yeah. store and all that stuff yeah 100 percent. oh yeah so yeah yeah but uh we'll see i just i just hope that uh the t- the tiers or whatever they decide to to make this appealing to to PlayStation fans is is really well thought out, and that they, you know, I'm really curious to see as uh, with this latest rumor it, it had an emphasis of streaming games, and that's not what I want at all. Like I would prefer to download my games. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is the case, that would be really disappointing. That's like a that's a, a, a tally of one of the reasons why I wouldn't get this service. Or wouldn't subscribe to it. Um, I would hope that they find some way to integrate uh, Crunchyroll uh, and Discord into this somehow. Um, you know, they got they got oh, a yeah. lot of things that they can work with. So, like, I would love to see them utilize like all that stuff um, to to truly you know make it make it distinct and stand out from other subscription services. But um, yeah, I just I just really hope that the the, the sort of tiers are, are really well thought out um but yeah i mean aside from that i really don't have anything else to to really add yeah if if this is true and we'll get the details next week uh, as early as next week um then next podcast is going to be an interesting conversation <laughs> truly
To be honest, this is like my least favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> like, I really, <laughs> I really don't. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, we have to wait and see like what the exact details are. There may be something Buckle in up, there. Boy. There may be something in there that makes me go like, "Ooh, like I have to subscribe to that." But like, yeah, but, and that's the idea, right? That's the 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 hope that. But but we're here like Hawkeye, you know. Don't give me hope, because right. I mean, we don't really know. Right. what it's gonna be but like i'm just I, thinking free i'm just thinking the service offers free ps4 to ps5 upgrades that would be so vile yo director's cuts for all the games that would be that funny is, that but, would um, be so vile dude pain but yeah like, I don't, <laughs> but like i don't i don't have like i i get playstation plus like maybe t- two times three times a year so like mm. i don't know like it's it's gonna be interesting yeah, i get to the see. three month or like a discount every like so often but like it's because I do enjoy some of the free games that do they do give because they give some fantastic free games, but and some of the discounts are like worth it for me for the games that I buy. But hey, man, yeah. this this month was was Ghost Runner. That's a fucking fantastic game right there. Yeah, I I downloaded it. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, play. Yeah, I mean, I just I just subbed to yesterday just for Elden Ring. Um, oh yeah. I did, I did because of the, the the I had to do the exploit for the level up. Which is why the only reason why I had to do pvp i did mop we... some people which is actually pretty fun but oh yeah um, we need to go one-on-one then that's sweet yeah you're 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 donezo um <laughs> <laughs> and then uh which actually is good because now i can actually go back to hitman 2 so um, and do the dlcs for that so that's uh so another big reason why i was gonna sell to ps plus but yeah very nice cool very nice um so yeah that is spartacus i guess we will maybe perhaps learn more next week um i guess aside from from topics uh macho you want to close out with uh your your kingdom hearts uh talk while i go grab my pillow and uh to be honest, I kind of, I kind of thought you already got your blink in a pillow already with the way you're talking. Hey man, hey, I, knew, yeah. I, I was, I, I was getting prepared for the, for the Kingdom Hearts talk, man. I knew, I knew, I, I knew I was, it was coming, I, man. I always <laughs> hate for you to be the MC at my party, man. That was suck. Honestly, hey, honestly, man. Honestly, I, when, when Walt brought up Kingdom Hearts three earlier, man, I was, I was yawning, man. Oh, that's <laughs> wild. That's wild, considering that uh, considering you bought a game called Dreams, so that's uh, hey yo, man, and, and, uh, and, I can and, I can see why you can see why you're so sleepy now. Hey man, and and I properly returned it, man. So I don't I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 he's, I don't he know said what, I properly returned it. I don't know what the issue is, man. So <laughs> so but like, no, you, you but, said it like you rented at a library. <laughs> yep, just like i was just like i was i was at the the library man just returning a book man yeah, um, probably probably with spartacus we'll be able to try all these games that jay has tried last year like all the way from dreams to dragons dogma to playstation all-stars man hey man those were, those were some good games man i don't know i don't know what you're saying hey man <laughs> man you're, you're a gen right. Hey man, I do not regret my time with Destruction All Stars, man. I would put another nineteen hours into that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Kingdom, but Kingdom Hearts, man, are you kidding me? Are you kidding Kingdom me? Hearts? Have you man, ever tried Kingdom Hearts? Cap. That, I would. That's mag I cap, would rather. Man. I would rather. Listen, so well, listen to this. I would rather stay on yeah. an island and the one game I would play for the rest of my life. I would rather have Destruction All Stars there than play right now than play Kingdom Hearts. 
for the that's, rest of your life. That's so yes, cap, man. That's so cap. Yes, Bro, nah. That's Mac yes, guy. And that's, uh, that's how I know that's how I know Jay's a low key hater and like he's he's a he's a melancholic bastard because he, he'd rather play destruction all ass rather than a good Kingdom Hearts. All ass, I love uh, it. Hear, hear ye, hear ye. Uh, listen, listen, listen to listen oh, to what I just me. said. Listen to what I just said, man. No cap. I, no cap. Hey man, At, all good fun. Y'all good fun. You hate what you hate. You like what you like. But you mostly hate because uh, you a hater. But it's okay. Uh, but listen. my question is: So, have you ever played any Kingdom Hearts game? Maybe, maybe when I was like ten. Damn. And okay. and uh, and uh, I rented it from like Blockbuster. I think like Kingdom Hearts too, maybe. Um, but I saw I saw Mickey Mouse, you know, running around, you know, and uh, going, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> doing doing that, and uh, you know, I I, <laughs> I, I I returned it, and I think I I went back to like Sly Cooper or something. Then then you got real far because you don't see Mickey Mouse until like pretty like late on in the first Kingdom Hearts. I don't it's know, like I, the second half of the damn game. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just uh, I just said the first thing that came to mind. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I can't I can't remember where I, where I got to. To be honest, I Whack. swear, man. If you got like a power proof fruit under your mattress or something, I find out. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I can guarantee that's not the case. <laughs> I can promise hey, you. Hilarious. I can promise hey, you. It's that. okay, man. It's, it's you can confess any kind of listen. Love listen, you got this here. is it's this is good. the most I've talked okay. about Kingdom Hearts in my in my <laughs> in, your life. in my twenty five years of life. <laughs> so you've already succeeded in that, man. So go on, go go ahead, man. You 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 won. Go ahead, take, take your victory lap, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, man. So I mean, it was kind of light on topics this this week, but I did want to bring up uh, the Kingdom Hearts twentieth anniversary that's happening on Monday. So, fellas, this, this series is turning 20 years old on uh, March 28th. This is when the first game was released in Japan. Um, and it's it, it was actually a moment of perspective here, just realizing that the seri- one of my favorite series in video game history is turning 20 years old. Like, I feel damn old, man. Like, it's, it's absolutely insane. But I kind of wanted to bring it to the panel minus soul (laughs) 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 i'm kind of like your um at least your sort of memories or any kind of experience like with the series uh and of course i'll i'll kick it off here as the king of kingdom hearts i'll kick it off um basically i said it before how like this series was like absolutely like a childhood dream come true because i grew up with disney Uh, i grew up with a sister who loved musicals and loved disney movies so for me to kind of have um an outlet where like I, I loved these Disney characters growing up and so like the one childhood dream I had ever since I was like four years old and going to Disney World for the first time was like having my own adventure with Disney characters like of course my young imagination young mind I was like yeah this would be awesome so the fact that you know I got a game out of that and I saw it see the first time I was just absolutely flipping out I was like that's me like I could to finally go on an adventure with like my favorite Disney characters um that was it, was it was a childhood dream come true so that's one of the reasons why it was like super near and dear to my heart uh for a long time it still is uh it's because from there uh and going into kingdom hearts 2 and stuff like that man like i made so many friends because of the series um whether it's in school or even online like i'm one of my first podcasts i ever done uh for youtube was actually a kingdom hearts podcast and that's how i made a couple of really close friends from that, even one of them that's coming to my wedding this year. Uh, so 
and even like from there like it brought family closer to me as well because of the fact that uh one of my cousins who he me and him are just absolute king diehard kingdom hearts fans so and we talk about it cons- uh, consistently it's like whether it comes to like the lore or which how each game progresses and stuff like that so like it absolutely brought us closer together so like kingdom hearts has this really big point in my life where it's just it, again, like the concept is absolutely ridiculous. I understand that it's Disney mixed with like RPG mechanics, and it can be really goofy and cringy. And but the, and, but the thing is, like the one thing that it underlies so much and so well is the idea of um, of just togetherness and and being kind to one another and uh, just having like a really good wholesome message about it that I carry with me for such a long time. Uh, if you meet anybody outside outside this podcast that talks to me and, and my family stuff like that the one thing that they'll say consist- consistently about me is that they rarely see me mad and they always see me as someone that's uh kind or like look or willing to help other people and that's really because of kingdom hearts it really embedded like this kind of character trait for me of just kindness is the answer to a lot of your a lot of life's problems and just going out of a really big positive attitude and i got that a lot from the main character Sora, just always being optimistic, and yeah, he can be super goofy and, and really kind of uh, like a ditz sometimes. But like that wholesome nature of just always seeing the good in stuff and always seeing the good in people and, and situations is um, a very hard trait to to refine and uh, keep hold. But Kingdom Hearts absolutely just embedded that in me since I was really young, and I'm very fortunate for that because a lot of crazy things have happened since then. So. Having that kind of optimism is uh, is is always worthwhile, but to even the point of connections too. Um, when I started dating my fiance, and we we're kind of just really getting to know like our hobbies, and the one thing we gravitated towards was video games because she grew up with brothers, and obviously I grew up with video games, and I will always talk about Kingdom Hearts because it was just the one thing that that I was really connected to, um, that definitely like kind of showcased like the kind of person I was, and. I will never forget when she actually was like, yeah, I actually want to try and play it. And then we played Kingdom Hearts for the first time. And it's one of our most best memories with each other. I even have it on YouTube where my girlfriend plays Kingdom Hearts, blah, blah, blah. And we just had so many funny moments. It was just one of the best things that um, I ever done with this series. That's like, it's really cool and stuff like that. So, but um, as far as like my feelings on the series now, it's it's a little more complicated. I would say it's just like I'm a little more resent not resentful, just more like I have more of like a negative uh, kind of look on the series because of really what it's done and kind of like the meme the memes that it has brought up. Like I understand Soul's point completely and like why it's like so ridiculous and why it can be just so turn off from some people because like oh you know how ridiculous it can be, but. I guarantee you, man, like, the Kingdom Hearts fan base was, and just the fans and the entire series in general, was, like, way more laxed back then. Like, obviously, it was a little more ridiculous because of, like, the story points and kind of, like, the whole uh, lore of everything that was going on. But it was way more refined, in my opinion, and way more easy, way more palatable, I will say, than where it is now. But it's just crazy to me that this series expanded so much in, in the past 20 years. It just really just kind of had like this really big uh audience with it i like i couldn't imagine like the amount of people that actually love this series as much as i do back in 2006 when kingdom hearts 2 was just about to come out and for me it was just me and my group of friends and and um maybe just a couple of like internet youtubers i'll follow or something like that 
uh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's the kind of the scope and reach of this series is kind of crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll just stop rambling on now. And maybe Walt, if you have any implications, I know you played some of the games in this series. So um, just to kind of celebrate the 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts, is there any like certain memory or maybe like um, I don't know moment in time where you remember from the games or anything like that that you want to touch on? Let's see. What should I there's do? there's a lot. It's been twenty years. So it's been twenty whole years. So the first my, my, my fair memory just really quickly is, is seeing Mickey get choked. That's 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 my that's the, uh... that's, the, that's the extent of what I have to add to this conversation. You know what? That's a it's a really good point because yeah, they haven't really done much with Mickey other than him going shirtless, so that's a good point. <laughs> uh, what's that? <laughs> now hold on. You know what? Maybe I do need to play this game. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Pause. Um, so, honestly, my okay, so, right now, man. so this game, this game is something that I, it's a, it's like a very hazy. Like I, I don't even know like how it like came into my life. Like how I found out about it. Um, I remember that the first time I ever like wanted to try it was like on the PS3. I, I literally one day I just saw a gameplay or like heard music from it and I was like oh shit I need to play this and I yeah. bought and I bought f- uh, both final mixes on PS3 played a little bit of the first one immediately after um I got it for they came out with the PS4 versions the new ones and, and I was like oh Okay, then I'll buy those. And I bought them again on PS4. And that's where I officially played Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, uh, Birth by Sleep, Dream Drop Distance. I played a little bit on PS4 later on. And I played uh, three, 368 days, or what was it, 498? <laughs> 358, um, yeah. 358, 358 uh, uh, days. Uh, still one of the most wholesome experiences I've had with um like a, a franchise it, it it was that entry um oh 358 really yeah like i got so invested in um axel uh what was her, the girl's name she uh, on and yeah and the other good was uh roxas roxas oh my god there's so many names and roxas those three i i i fell in love with like the relationship that they had and the, the the so wholesome and how much Axel actually like was like the big brother of the two and and the whole dynamic and everything, um, Kingdom Hearts. So here's the thing: this is back when I like I really was starting to get into like completion of video games, and once I saw the criteria for like Kingdom Hearts one, I was like, okay, this this is not serious. I'm gonna complete. Uh, the <laughs> grind is absurd. Uh. Especially in Kingdom Hearts 1. I remember there was a specific item you needed to grind in the level before you fought the Sephiroth-esque boss. Um, it was like a little room in like a darkness realm. And you it like spawned these types of enemies that were just impossible to like kill. Um, and yeah, that was like a difficult one. That was a requirement for like the Ultima key. And I was like, you know what? I don't need the ultimate key. I'm good with the pirate one. I'm good with the, with whatever one I had. Um, 
after that, I really was invested. And I was like, I want to see this like amplified. I want to see this like in with better graphics. So I bought, I, I started Kingdom Hearts 2 with the final mix that I had purchased. And I remember I only played that for the whole week. I only played Kingdom Hearts 2. And I was so invested. I was having, it was like, it's a genuinely fun experience. I really enjoyed my time with that game. And then right after that, I was like, okay, Birth by Sleep, completely different, a bit older. Okay, let's try this one. And to this day, the story of Birth by Sleep is still one that I like usually remember more than I do Kingdom Hearts 2. Like, as there's yeah, something about that... story. There's something about that trio of characters that really stood out to me. And the, and the fact that you had to play all three campaigns to actually get a feel of the, the entire story... I that really, like I don't know. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It's it's kind of like near where you have to play the game multiple times to actually get the scope of the full story. Um, so it it incentivizes replayability. So I really enjoyed that. It was short and sweet. And it was a good game. Um, I fell in love with Aqua and what and like the whole cast. Uh, you get to meet Xehanort and everyone. Like it's interesting to see Xehanort in not like a horrible just villainous way where he was just like a teacher or like a master and then he's like you know what i was actually tricking y'all i'm actually uh an asshole <laughs> and then he became uh, the villain that he is which to that point i played all of that I thoroughly enjoyed all of, all of it i didn't play the card game because fuck that and i just yeah i didn't play chain of memories i just saw youtube gameplay of it um after that then i was like oh, okay Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm excited for it. It was announced, people were like, oh my god, we've been so long. I'm like, alright, it's looking fun, it's looking goofy as hell. It, oh my god, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., like some of my favorite Pixar movies that, like ever in my life. Like, I, I adore Toy Story, I adore Monsters, Inc. Did not disappoint with those worlds. In terms yeah. of the Kingdom Hearts story, that's where it's like, okay. And the mechanics, like the the, the story, there was a, light, a nice wrap-up. Like, I think at the end, there was a lot of rewarding moments. Like, and I, I, yeah. and I get goosebumps, though. When Roxas takes off his coat, and he looks at Axel and Shield, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, those, are the, like, those are the absolutely one of, like, the top Kingdom Hearts moments, for sure, yeah. Oh, dude, it's so, such a beautiful moment. And, like, the absolute absurd final fight against Xehanort. And you know, like you going through dimensions and everything. And I'm like, oh my, what is happening? <laughs> what is this fight? Um, yeah, they they went super. Let's see. That's I'm glad you brought that because that's the one thing about Kingdom Hearts that has been consistently great has been the boss fights. Truly, like, and that's something that like in every world, in every single world, the boss fights have always been ex exceptional because they've been so unique and like their own thing. Yeah, and and I really I really enjoyed Kingdom Hearts three for that aspect, and like the set pieces, like I really enjoyed the world. It, it was it's a beautiful game. It, it's the gameplay that really didn't captivate me as much like Kingdom Hearts two did, or even mm -hmm. Birth by Sleep, because Kingdom Hearts three was very much a oh another ride. What was the they called the 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 attractions? The flow when, attractions, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it it that got very boring very fast. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, like the story, it felt super rewarding. Uh, Kyrie still didn't shine. Um, I know. Still, I'm sad about that. They had her training the whole game, and she was like, "I'm not doing anything." <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that, that's the one. The like, I, I have so many contentions with with Kingdom Hearts Three. It's it's not even funny. Um, <clears throat> to the point where like after I finished the game, I was like, 
I could have really stopped that too and be really happy. Like, and, and that, as like a big Kingdom Hearts fan, like that absolutely, like, absolutely just kind of like devastated me. Where mm. um, Final Fantasy 15 just wasn't really the expectations I was hoping to live up to, and then Kingdom Hearts 3 just didn't do that either. Um, which is why, like, I put so much stock into Final Fantasy 7 Remake because that was a game I was really looking forward to, was looking really good up to l- release, and it, it absolutely hit on all cylinders, surprisingly. Um, but when it comes to Kingdom Hearts 3, right. rather, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it, it was absolutely just a point of contention. I was just like, damn, man, like, <laughs> I, I <laughs> wish I could say more better things about it because I totally agree with you. We're like, yeah, I love the worlds and the set pieces of that game, but when it came to the actual story and the pacing, it just felt so otherworldly from what Kingdom Hearts 2 offered. Even with Burp by Sleep offered, I was just like, what happened? Um, Literally. Yeah. So, but I mean, regardless, like, it's... The thing about that, too, is, like, even if I am disappointed in Kingdom Hearts 3 and, like, where some of the direction that the story is going in or has been going because of the mobile game and stuff like that, it mm-hmm. absolutely just doesn't trump, like, the experience that I had that I talked about before with the series. Definitely. Like, it's, it, like, what Kingdom Hearts 2 did for me as, like, a gamer, like, that was a game that absolutely made me a gamer. Or a lot of people kind of have, like, their reflection and moments of, like, this is the game that, like, made me realize that games are more than just games, right? Um, mm. Some people say that with Metal Gear Solid 1. Some people say that with, uh, you know, God of War or whatever the case may be. Mine was Kingdom Hearts 2, 100%, where I was playing a game that was super fun. I had characters I was attached to because of the Disney stuff, but then the second half of that game where it opens up where there's this really crazy conundrum where, like, Ansem had an apprentice, and his name was Xehanort, but it turns out, like, he's actually the leader of this crazy organization that wants to actually, re, uh, like, uh, kind of not rekindle, but bring about Kingdom Hearts so that they can become actual real people again. Like, uh, it brought up a whole bunch of different intricate stuff that I wasn't expecting to be so invested in. And on top of that, mm-hmm. have other people be as invested as I was when I went to school, and I'll be like, yeah, do you talk about, do you, do you see what Xehanor did this time? Did you, you see what Demix did? Like, what his crazy water attacks? Like, like <laughs> all this stuff, I can go back to school and talk about it with friends and stuff like that and get really nerdy about it. That was just such a treat, and that was the first time I've ever done that with a video game, you know? Like, right. um, I, I didn't do that with, you know, Spyro or Crash... Like, and I love those games. I love Crash Bandicoot. I love Spyro. I love Sly Cooper. Never did that. Never had the experience of going back to school to talking about what happened in this game's story and, like, what ability to equip and to make this boss fight easier or anything like that. Like, really, really fun stuff and, and uh, cool stuff, I might add. But um, to add to that, I think... um. Kingdom Hearts 2, I, I was just so in love with that game that I actually ended up getting importing the Japanese version and configuring my PS2 to actually play it. And I played maybe like a good 10 hours of it before I actually learned how to download the English English patch onto the onto the disc. Mm. So I I still have it. I have the notebook. I have the guidebook for Kingdom Hearts 2, and I have the notebook um, in it with just translations that i wrote down i wrote japanese characters translated into english with google and just figure out what ability to equip and when i was going to get it and stuff like that because i was just i was so hell-bent on playing kingdom hearts 2 final mix and doing all those boss fights yeah i was i was so into it nice man yeah so it's um i mean it's it's always a fun trip down memory lane just thinking about kingdom hearts like where it's gone and to kind of like celebrate it again uh i'm gonna actually be playing Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 
on a, on a PS2. I still have the original copies of the game. I still have my old PS2 lying around. So I'm just going to boot those up and play them as originally as I did back then because I think that will just be a nice recall. And it's been a while since I actually played like those versions of those games anyway. I've been mostly playing the Final Mix version, so it'll be kind of fun to kind of see the differences over the years and stuff like that. So, but Absolutely. Yeah, has, uh, has Square said how they plan to celebrate? No, they actually, well, they have like a live stream being planned in the beginning of April. So that's kind of like the one celebration event that people are really looking forward to, whether it's like a new game announcement or stuff like that. Okay. but They definitely have a new King Mars, I think, because they teased something at the end of 3, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, they teased something at the end of Melody of Memory, which is the rhythm game that came out mm-hmm. about like two years ago. So they teased something at the end of that, and there's been a lot of... <clears throat> kind of uh, theories and speculations around uh, that one world inside Toy Story Walt, where mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, what is it, yeah. Verum Rex? Yeah, the the one that very much looked like Final Fantasy versus the previously named FF15 um, placeholder name that they had where before Freya, Luna Freya was a thing, yeah. where they had Stella. Uh, it reminded me of that uh, trailer back when it released. Yeah, that, that, that's so... The theories around that, it's like that's where the series is going to be headed in. It's going to be more of kind of like a realistic setting based on our, more like a Shibuya-like setting. So people are thinking the world ends with you. But right. it seems to be a completely different universe and something entirely original to Kingdom Hearts. Uh, so mm. it, I think one of the yeah one of the end, ending boss fights for the Remind DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3 was... Um, I forgot his name, but... He's basically the uh, same guy you see in the trailer for VM, VM Rex, the silver-haired, uh, sh- short-haired guy. He's he's a boss fight, so people are thinking that he's going to have a big influence in the the next game. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go from there. Yeah. Because um, what I really wanted from Kingdom Hearts 3 that really didn't deliver, uh, but something that Final Fantasy fourteen did was like have a really good ending chapter to a saga... And then when you start right. in the next patch for 14, you're start you're doing a whole refresh. With Kingdom Hearts 3, it it, it had like those really climactic moments that you talked about, Walt. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like it had for the for the more the beginning part of the game, like like at least three the fourth of the way into the game before like the big fight, it was a lot of peppering in nuggets of exposition and story. That was mm-hmm. not relevant to what was really going on. It felt like either with the whole Maleficent and Pete and finding like the black box and stuff like that, like that had no I resolution. I did not know where that was to... going. I was like, exactly. what is, what's going on? Yeah, like, and they had, and Kimmer's Three has so many moments of that where like it was more teasing to future stuff and future answers that I'm like, this is supposed to be a finale. What's going on? So like, <laughs> that's why I was getting so frustrated with it. And then. Uh, and then with Kingdom Hearts three, I guess like the way it ends, just like it was just so like so unsatisfactory in my opinion. But regardless, the next entry, it feels like what they're doing now is like a total refresh, which is something like I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. So right. whether it's gonna have Disney Worlds or not, we'll see. But either way, um, I'm gonna keep keep my eye on it, regardless of you know my feelings on Kingdom Hearts three and this which, whole series. Which right but... like two things. One. Did the DLC resolve anything with like Sora and Kyrie, or are they still like, not, like separated? No, it it's um. I mean, they're still separated, yes. But uh, what Remind did was uh, 
let's just say like after I beat Remind, I looked at Kingdom Hearts three a lot more favorably. Mm. Especially the ending. Like it it like there's a bunch of missing pieces in that ending sequence that to the point I was just really conf- not just confused because of the story or lore reasons, but more because I was just like what? <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> what's wait wait well hold on. How do we get to this point? Where what happened? Like and all of a sudden Remind absolutely answers those questions. Um, it's and I think I pointed this out too when someone tweeted out that Remind or Kingdom Hearts Remind was like a was better than Final Mix Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix and I was like absolutely not because Remind answers all those questions and it makes a good game better but Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix made a great game even more epic because of all the boss fights and all the extra scenes Remind absolutely just fixes all those issues that Kingdom Hearts 3 initially had if that answers your question. Okay. So there's more more of a closure sensation then. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. At the remind oh. I was way more happy with like where um where those two ended up and where Sorenkai ended up and how like we got to the conclusion. Like it made a lot more sense, it was a lot more satisfactory. God. And opinion. do you get to use Kyrie in the DLC or something? Yes, you do. Yeah, okay. there, yeah. There's, there's one Thank specific God. moment that, 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 yeah, that's why it reminded a really good job, um, with having that ending be so, so good. Now, like it's, it, it's, it's more, it's more about um, bittersweet ending than it is than it was just a confusing, um, sad ending. Mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, it, it, it made it more depressed. bitter. It made it more bittersweet. I was when I see she's next to him and then he just disappeared. I'm like, no, don't do that to me. Don't do yeah. that to me. Yeah, yeah. When that happened, I was like, are you? Wait, what? <laughs> they were a whole game. They were trying to be together, and now you're telling me that they're not. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the, that was the point I was making too. Where I was like, I can I can stop at Kingdom Hearts two and be completely okay, because. Right. Kingdom Hearts 2 was the quintessential perfect ending where, like, in Kingdom Hearts 1, they established they want to get off the island, and they, um, and then once they do, they have their adventures, they realize it's something completely out of their realm, and the one thing that they want to do, they can't at that point because they're, they have to do their journey, they have to figure out these problems and help solve them because that's the kind of people they are, but -hmm. their one goal at the end is to reunite with each other and go back to the islands, go back home, right, they had their adventure, they're, they're done. And in, in Kingdom Hearts 2, they actually got that. You know, they all came mm. back home. They're all satisfied. They're all happy. And then they get the message at the bottle from Mickey saying, like, hey, there's there's other people like you that need our help. Um, and then mm. that's where you get burnt by sleep and stuff like that. But regardless, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 2 has absolutely, like, one of the most perfect endings for me. Where, like, they all came home, you know? so Right. And and to that point, like, it, I, to this day, like, I remember always, like, endings that left an impact on me. And Kingdom Hearts... Too specifically, as soon as Sanctuary starts hitting and that final scene like starts rolling, like mm-hmm. that's still like I get goosebumps and I like still get teary eyed when I watch that. Like it's it's so that's a song that still it, it, it is one of the greatest like implementations into like a video game and and the themes of the video game and the way that it plays out. It's it's so beautiful. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. And 100%, yeah. It's it's that whole Sora looking up at Kairi saying, we're back, and then she's responding to him, you're home. Yeah, it hits oh, home man. for me, too. But where, where he's like, I don't, think, I don't know if it's the same ending, I might confuse it with the first one, but I know that they're walking like 
from the beach and they're like there finally they're back and she's like crying and like yeah she tells him like you're home and and it starts hitting oh oh man so good it's so good <laughs> yeah man that's a it's saying some a lot of the stuff stuff hits home in, in that series and obviously out of context things will look really ridiculous right because i get it i completely get no, it, it is no, it's, 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 with it's, anything though if you're yeah. yeah experiencing anything out of context so that's not that's not that bad yeah try watching an episode of an anime midway through like try watching one piece episode like 700 without like context you're gonna think this is fucking circus like it's <laughs> yeah. it's absurd so it's worth yeah. anything yeah yeah no it's true but yeah man so i just i just wanted to touch on that because um obviously this is the one series and the one you know a set of games that just made me who i am and made me a gamer so i wanted to give it a spotlight man it's it's been it's been too long since i had actually talked to someone about kingdom hearts like this so it's it's fun stuff right. and i'm looking forward to the 20th anniversary so thank you so for indulging me <laughs> no it's fine man this is your podcast as much as this is mine man so you guys can talk whatever you want man yeah, man. And um, we can say, you know, Kingdom Hearts, we don't endorse it. It's a bad game. And <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> yes, don't play it, y'all. Yes, sir. Back to our regular <laughs> scheduled program. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, no, in, in, in a serious note, that's that's mm-hmm. uh, that's awesome that that's the that's franchise that's sort of like, I mean, similar to like how I feel about like The Witcher, like Mass Effect, that's that uh, yeah. a franchise can inspire that much love for you or has instilled like good qualities in you like how you're talking about just kindness in general like i think that's really cool yeah thanks man. thanks yeah i appreciate it yeah it, it drives yeah. home it drives home a lot of really uh personal traits so yeah and yeah. uh yeah so much appreciate you know you guys. now you know how i feel when i see the color green in a persona anniversary because you know i'm like yeah, i'm just fucking <laughs> now we're full circle hey man oh. now here's the thing when persona and does their like announcements you know like macho so and i we ain't gonna shut up. we ain't gonna shut up hey man i'll be right i'll be right there with you i'm i'm done with the um atlas, i'm i'm over my atlas burnout so yeah. I'll be there, right there with you, 100%. Did he, he, he just rim, like, bring you back? <laughs> 100%, yeah, yeah. I, I was just so burnt out from Persona 5 Royale after that, and yeah, but other than that, there yeah. There you go. Yeah, well, he just rim, was really good. Yeah, so I'm excited for Persona 6. We'll see where that comes up, but, uh, yeah, sir. you know, if the color green's not in there, I'm still roasting your ass. If they don't make the theme a, a earthy green... With a nice chai latte, I'm out. Hey, well, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Shoji Meguro what? might not be a composer because he left. He left a uh, P Studio a while back. Oh, oh yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So that that sucks if that is if that is the case. It, uh, it, now here's the thing, I I think it's Persona Two, uh, I think Innocent Sin. I might be completely talking about my ass, but I know that one of the personas. Uh, he was not the lead composer. It was someone else. Yeah, I don't think I don't and, think he was for like the first two. Yeah, and, and and they still hold up. I gotta say, like I like I mentioned a, a lot of podcasts uh, before. I was playing Persona One, and the soundtrack slaps. Like it's it, it really fits with the theme and whatnot. So, 
honestly, man, as long as long as that fits the thing, that's my big thing. Like, it, it, Persona Five worked, and Persona Four and Three worked because it all just it's cohesive and it fits with each, with each other. So this cool. this this made me remember. Um, since we were talking about like the the color scheme and and all that, mm. um, that I wrote an essay. I forget what year, but it was probably like my first year in college. I wrote an essay about like. Uh, I don't think it was exactly about like the colors, but it was like, uh, here's uh, the the, the hmm. themes of Persona three, four, and five, and and the, how the colors were, uh, uh, you know, uh, mirror the the themes that each game is trying to tackle. And <laughs> just thinking about that now, I'm like, God damn, I really made my professor <laughs> like have to sit and read a, an essay about this shit. <laughs> like, God damn, dude, I was the worst kind of weeb back then. The worst kind of weeb. Yeah, damn, man. I'd even do that with Kingdom Hearts for my son. Hey, <laughs> the most man, I haven't done anything. We, I mean, I've done like with video game. Like I once did a, a, we were doing a dissecting of a scene for English. Uh, one of the English, I think it was English two or something. And we, it was like, we we're touching on like Hamlet and whatever. And we were basically dissecting scenes from media that explored any type of like emotion or themes. And I specifically remember the scene that I chose to dissect was uh, when Joel and Ellie in the first Last of Us, when she runs to the cabin and she's in the room and she like finds out that the only reason supposedly for her, the reason why Joel is taking care of her is because it's like a replacement for his daughter. And, and like, she's like, everyone's like left me, everyone except for you. And he's like, he explains his situation. And it's like, I've never gone out out of my way to pick like an anime like that. That's interesting. I, I've thought about it. Like, I, I've al I've almost been that weeb. So like, I've almost been to like the point where, uh, <laughs> I would, I almost like made an essay where like I would talk about the themes behind Naruto characters and like how Sakura is like the perseverance <laughs> of the group <laughs> or like whatever like Damn, i i, I, ne I never ever did that in school man i never I was, got to do it but it definitely came through my that, mind that was for me and my group group of friends and my cousins on the school bus ride man where we're just get into the weeds about kingdom hearts and and talking about all the story intricacies and the boss fights and stuff like that honestly i'm 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 going back to school next month and uh it's it's a uh, it's kind of like a a class that I'm gonna be making a lot of presentations on, and I'm already thinking about talking about fucking video games and anime and shit like that. Hell so, yeah, man! Uh, hey, man. That's where inspiration that, that's that, where inspiration comes from. That's where the inspiration comes from, man. That's what's up, man. I'm, I'm right now, saying. I'm developing a uh, a research proposal for my research uh, class in psychology, and my thesis is how Dungeons and Dragons can provide mental benefits uh, in, like, the pandemic, like, with the social anxiety and whatnot. So, like, I mean, go for it. Like, the inspiration is, like, everywhere for it. Yeah, yeah that's that's why I, I was making a point before where, like, Kingdom Hearts absolutely, like, embedded, like, those different traits of optimism and kindness and friendship and keeping close with people. Like, all that kind of stuff. Like, that was a bedrock. On top of, like, my family as well, but, like, that absolutely. series absolutely just embedded that stuff into me where like i carry that day in and day out um 
it's it's yeah it's absolutely incredible what kind of video games can kind of do for you especially yeah. at a young age and even now we're like they're way more sophisticated so i think so you have much richer content to even go into than, oh absolutely than I can, anything I, we had back then you're gonna oh, like sure, yeah. I, I wish I was, I was your professor that you're gonna have because like you're gonna have like <laughs> Uh, that's gonna be a, a fascinating class to sit through if you're gonna like do presentations and stuff. So like, yeah, shout out to the professor. I actually endorsed that too. Like, I had a couple of professors like, even no matter what you would hand in, they will just absolutely embrace it because yeah, yeah, that yeah. that that was definitely the kind of professor that I had. He was, he was Hell yeah, man! Yeah. I had a professor like that in, in Seminole, um, in Seminole State, where uh, Mendoza was his last name, and. He was my, the English professor that I did the Last of Us scene for, and he was the kind of professor where every single comparison, every single like he would compare in order for us to understand like Macbeth and Hamlet, classic Shakespeare. Uh, he would compare it to like modern comics. So he and he would always bring up Superman and Batman and like. Yeah, are you, you kidding me? Batman is literally Hamlet. <laughs> So, like, <laughs> legit, no, legit. He would like go into depth and like comparing yeah. like Bruce Wayne and everyone. Like, it, it was a fascinating. And he would show up in his slippers with like his jammies, and he would just sit down at his desk and like, all right, y'all, talk about <laughs> comics. <laughs> this is your essay. You have to talk to me about why like the Dark Knight did this in this comic. And it's like, oh snap, this is the kind of class that you want to be in. Oh man, one of the best classes I've had. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh man, that was that was quite a tangent. Um that yeah. we went on. But uh yeah, it was it was fun. Um so before before we, we get out of here, uh Macho so completely Yeah, I'm I'm just not even gonna give it the time of day to be honest. Um but uh yeah, before before we get out of here, uh Macho, I wanted to give a little a little shout out and pour one out for uh the, the boys over at uh Press Start Podcast. Oh yeah, they announced yeah, that they're, yeah. they're they're ending the show, man. Uh, which I know, I know, I know you watch them. Uh, I watch them as well. Uh, it made me really sad to hear, man. So uh, yeah, just wanted to. I don't know if you have any thoughts, but yeah, I just wanted to say that you know they were they were a staple of of uh, entertainment each and every week for me personally, and uh, yeah, they're they're definitely gonna be missed. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I, oh man, it's I can't remember when I started watching them because it was it was soon. Very, I think, actually, I do remember more or less. It's when um air cuts for the win was still on the on the panel before she before she exited out. Mm-hmm. But um um regardless, yeah, I mean, I've been watching that podcast for quite a while, so to kind of see that message on Twitter from Kofi said they were gonna uh, put a pin in it was um it was it was definitely sad. Um, it's permanent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, of course, they they said that they'll have like the reunions every now and then, but it's officially like a you know done. So it's mm. kind of crazy to see that. Um, I kind of agree with BT where I like I, I kind of wish that it was more just like a, a a small retirement than it was like a full on stop. But you know, stuff happens in life, and you gotta just kind of ride with that wind. Yeah, so. exactly. Nah. All all you know. So whatever the situation is going on, you know, I hope it's. I hope it's healthy and, and it's happiness rather than just, you know, because of family issues or anything like that. So uh, regardless, they, they provided entertainment every week um, from all all sights and sounds. I mean, everyone on that panel was super funny. 
and wild and um i do not endorse alex's uh <laughs> review for five seven remake of his opinions oh, no. <laughs> he's an old head but <laughs> that just absolutely embodies the uh the um, definition of an old gamer um but regardless <laughs> all very entertaining stuff and you can't help but have a lot of respect for those guys because they hustle and um, yeah well and, uh, but that's it's, what it's that's... gonna be it's gonna be really sad to see them not being a panel for a podcast every week now that's what made them, you know, so good was like, like, yes, I know Alex is controversial. Uh, a little, uh, a little J- bit, just a little yeah, bit. Jack is also pretty <laughs> controversial, but uh, that's what made them interesting is that they all had like differing opinions. You know, they didn't always agree with each other. That's where yeah. a lot of the fights came in. But, you know, that's that's <laughs> that's what made them, you know, entertaining is that there was always at least someone that you could uh, agree with um, on yeah. there. Um, when it's all samey, it kind of it can get boring. That's why here, like, it, I try to be honest and not just like, oh, no, you no, say, yeah, you, you're you, right, Macho. You say, you're saying uh, me and Macho aren't honest, man? Y'all are honest, <laughs> but that's what makes it entertaining, boy. <laughs> no, <laughs> man, like... that's 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 why, like, I don't take it personal. Soul, like, completely shit talking him hard. It's just yeah. jokes. It's just jokes at the end of the day. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just jokes. He's a melancholic bastard, but he's it's just jokes, man. <laughs> and that's like why Soul and I don't get like heated when you're like when you like say that the characters. Don't give you the chance to be invested in Left of Us too. Like we all have different. I, I know, I know. Macho was was literally the embodiment of that meme of like the 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 crying face, but they're wearing a mask that's like it's, it's just like a smiling face. One hundred percent, man. I was like, this man's this man's ruining my whole life right now. It's crazy. Um, that's but, crazy. But nah, for real though. Uh, yeah, we, we we wish uh those boys the best, and uh yeah they will no. be they will be missed man they will be missed. Yeah, and like that... Jack Jack Move Johnny is one of the funniest dudes I've ever seen on YouTube. If y'all haven't checked him out, check out his YouTube video. He just got a new Jiggy Foods video up, and it's one hundred percent hilarious, man. It's uh it's a great guy. Yeah. Um, and, and to that point, so that's the end of a podcast. Yeah. Okay, then in light of that, just to, you know, like, balance the things, I want to celebrate the birth of a podcast in the last couple of weeks. If y'all mentioned it last week, I will catch it when I watch your episode this weekend. But uh, the Kid and, uh, was the Kid and Krista podcast uh, by the host of the Nintendo Minute segment on the Nintendo channel on YouTube, they did Nintendo Minute for... Uh, a good amount of years and essentially I believe the office that they worked at um, in California was closing or was moving back to the original headquarters and they quite frankly couldn't make the move so they decided to leave the company and now they have their own podcast the Kid and Krista podcast on YouTube and they basically are Nintendo centric but they very much now have the freedom to talk about their takes on other franchises and video games and quite frankly talk about Nintendo a bit more and the reality of working Nintendo and how they work, you know, like manage releases and whatnot. Interesting podcast. They're very outgoing, uh, very honest and entertaining people. Uh, great chemistry between the two. And quite, quite frankly, we celebrate the, the birth of that podcast. It's, it's really entertaining. If y'all want to uh, hear it too, non-biased, honestly, like th- there's no, it, it doesn't sound like a fanboy podcast. It very much sounds like people talking about real things, Nintendo and non-Nintendo. 
it's interesting seeing two figures that you've seen for so long just talk purely Nintendo and not in a negative way, finally saying, like, you know what? I think the Pokemon games are pretty boring or like something like that or like talk about how horizon is like game of the year contender and you're like well i've never heard the words horizon zero dawn or horizon forbidden west out of your mouth so it's like it's interesting to see a different perspective out of them um so if y'all are interested give that give it a shot yeah nice yeah I, i've i've heard of them or i've seen them pop up on youtube every every now and then um very feel good podcast and that that's all that's what we strive to be here feel good Sometimes clown infested podcast. <laughs> I'll check out that podcast though, Walt. Can you link me that after? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, that is going to do it for the podcast. I uh, want to thank everyone for listening this week. Um, we have, uh, if you want to to follow us and keep up with uh, you know our thoughts on Twitter and whatnot, we have um, each of our handles in the description below. Um, and without further ado. Uh, we're going to get started with these outros. Macho, you want to kick things off? Sure thing, buddy. Um, today, you know, today's going to be the chill day. This weekend's going to be chill uh, because uh, we got a couple things coming up in April. Uh, I got the nephew coming down soon, so I'm very excited for that. But before all that happens, it's going to be straight up Elden Ring and Triangle Strategy. And uh, this, the funny thing is, fellas, that the, the next couple months, for myself at least, is pretty dry so i want to see if i can get a couple of games um done and over with that i had in the backlog before um before uh dnf duel at the end of june but uh the one thing i am looking forward to though that's actually this monday is the kaito files which is from uh, lost judgment so it's the expansion to lost judgment from last year which is one of my favorite games so i'm looking forward to see what they do with that what kind of new stances and abilities you guys haven't checked out the trailer Definitely go check it out. It looks really funny. It looks really cool. Like a nice perspective on a side character in Lost Judgment. So looking forward to that and kind of going back to that game, doing all the side stories. So fun stuff ahead. I'm really excited. Gaming is in a really great place right now. So good stuff. Yeah, yes, sir. More. Walt, what about you, man? It's going to be a... Yeah, it's going to be a chill weekend as well. Um, uh, I'm interested in tackling some Elden Ring eventually. I'm not sure if he allows me to join his world and annihilate some more tarnished foes um no oh. <laughs> i'm just kidding i was gonna i'm, I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm, on and I'm gonna annihilate the hell out of you when you're not in this podcast oh man it smells like it smells like smoke in the horizon i don't know <laughs> but man i'm gonna be uh dipping more into the elden ring tiny tina's uh that's gonna be uh, probably every day, just a little bit every day, because I'm I'm really enjoying what I did uh, last last night. Uh, aside from that, man, uh, two big things have are happening in the anime slash manga world. So one in the manga, One Piece is uh, uh, <laughs> going crazy right now. So I'm gonna be reading more into the manga. I need to catch up. I'm like still in like chapter 695. I still have like 600 more chapters to <laughs> read through. Jesus Christ, so. man, you're far behind. Yeah, man, but like I'm, I'm catching, I'm like caught up with like the current like events, so like uh, things are going insane, and we are reaching the finale of the masterpiece, the absolute behemoth that is Attack on Titan. Finally, the anime is coming to a close next week. Tomorrow's episode was delayed until next week, and 
I don't know what they're going to do, if it's going to be a like a two-hour episode or if they're going to do this episode and then a movie or yeah, something. Yeah, they're definitely doing a movie. Dude, they they left off where they're like after the the whole scouts thing and that's not there's a lot that needs to there's like 10 cha- chapters to cover right Sol? yeah they're there's not, like they're so not, much they need to do yeah they're gonna have to do a movie like and if they do a movie y'all this movie is down, like hands down gonna surpass mugen train and jujutsu kaisen zero which right now jujutsu kaisen zero i believe already surpass uh demon slayer's mugen train movie by a couple million my coworker was talking about that movie, and it looks really fun. I saw the intro to like the first season. I saw Fighting Panda, and I was like, I'm kind of in for that. Yes, dude, <laughs> straight up, and that's like one of the best parts of the show, the the panda. Like, uh, it, it's such a, it's a really great show. If y'all, uh, yeah, when I, when I saw him parkouring all across like the top of the building top, I'm like, I'm, I'm in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna see. <laughs> Legit, like me watching that that intro, it's like. Like yeah, everyone's fighting, vaulting panda, and everyone's fighting. I'm like, what the heck is going on? It's great. But yeah, that's a great anime. If y'all want a recommendation, um, uh, n- another anime that's coming soon, uh, I'll recommend too because now I want to like leave out with like some recommendations for something. Uh, Spy X Family or Spy Family, a great comedy slash action manga is going to be adapted into an anime by Mappa. Same animators behind Attack Jesus Titans. Christ, man! They they nice. they got <laughs> they got the boys. Yeah. They slavering slaving those they boys. Slavery. Man. They're doing Jesus. Chainsaw Man as well. Uh, Mappa is doing Chainsaw Man. They're doing Hell's Paradise as well, uh, which Jesus is another. Christ. They 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 uh, cra- they're cracking the whip on those boys, man! Like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> like I was watching, what? I was watching, I was watching uh, Harley Quinn uh, last night. The, the episode where the goddamn Riddler had people running on hamster wheels to power uh, uh, yeah. to power his university. Hey, that's, that's what they got the the boys over at Mappa doing right now, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a goddamn, episode, uh, goddamn hamster wheels. No cap, like the the amount of work that they're putting. And here's the thing, y'all. They're putting in quality work, so like support them. Like watch it on Crunchy. Don't pirate it if you can. Like if you can afford it, like support these creators because like Mappa is really putting in the work. They and they're doing a fantastic job. So like if y'all want good recommendations, just look at what Mappa's doing and just watch that because everything is a fantastic. They're Dororo, Dorohedoro. They they they've done so much. So yeah, okay, straight up, straight up, buy their stuff on Blu-ray too. And, Absolutely, and also and you in, can't like in all seriousness. Uh, like I, I was making jokes, but in all seriousness, like they, right. they're there's terrible uh, working conditions at anime studios like Mappa and a hundred percent. So yeah, a hundred percent. And and uh, more often than not, which this is a topic we can leave for another podcast because it's a massive yeah, yeah, problem right. in the anime industry. But like they even like stay in the business. They have like rooms with beds that they stay in the company. So that they can keep working the next day. So yeah, like sleeping under their desk too and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's no, we, horrible stuff. We we can get into that like in the future because we can make a whole podcast about that. But um, support your creators, buy the Blu-ray, uh, subscribe to the the streaming services, do all that, buy the merch. Uh, yeah, support them. They they really if you want the quality that you've been having, it's because of us being able to support them. So keep supporting them, you know. Aside from that. You playing Elder Me? <laughs> um, for me, uh, just probably gonna get into uh, a little bit more of uh, Arkham City. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, really, really digging it. I didn't really get to talk about it much at, at the beginning, but uh, this one point I uh, wanted to make. I, I really love 
just just Arkham. I mean, Macho, we we talked about Arkham in in the Batman movie, but um, mm-hmm. also it, it it's so cool to to explore uh, in, in in an open world that isn't um, like I guess like as realistically like realized like Seattle from Infamous or New York in the mm-hmm. Spider Man games. Like Gotham just feels so distinct and and just unique mm-hmm. from the typical open world like uh, real life city. And I, I really enjoy that. Um, You're going to be blown with Arkham Knight then. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, really, that's about it since I finished Cyberpunk. And I'm definitely, after putting like 80 hours into it, I'm definitely at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting sick of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to move on to, to something else. Um, so yeah, Arkham City, uh, finished Cyberpunk, and... Uh, and obviously Asylum and uh, aside from that Macho I think I'm pretty much at the same place as you where really I'm kind of like at a low period like after I mean that's uh, that's why I'm kind of happy that I that I picked up or started the Arkham games because it feels like those are the games that's going to carry me over until I don't know (laughs) whatever else comes out um, what about Horizon Forbidden West? Dude? Oh yeah! <laughs> hey yo! <laughs> hey, oh, yo. Shit, the most fraud PlayStation podcast ever, oh, bro! My God. It's, a, believe, it's a phony! I can't believe it's I forgot. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that yeah. makes me so sad. I know, man. I... When your legs don't work, they use it. Actually, did you guys see that? Um, that xbox uh director communications what he said about it like in in regards to horizon no oh my god this this literally like i'm never gonna comment on on anything like like uh, you know whatever people even even if it's like a shitty opinion or if it's if it's a shitty take you know I'm, i'm not gonna get involved or you know make comment or or anything like that but essentially this one guy um i forgot his name but he's he's Kind, like semi kind of big in in the industry or whatever i think he's like a journalist or whatever he he made a, a simple a simple tweet that really should not have blown up as much as it did saying that like man i know it's eldering this and eldering that but it really oh, makes me sad yeah. uh how elden or how horizon forbidden west isn't getting talked about that much simple tweet mm-hmm. right just shouldn't have ruffled any feathers at all right um you know just a, just a man say he didn't say he didn't you know disparage elden ring at all or anything like that right um and that got like over 800 comments on it people obviously shitting on horizon and, and things like that but the the director i forget his title but he's like head of communications at xbox right so this is a guy who's like pretty high up quote tweeted it and was sub let me get the tweet man he said something along the lines of, um, you know what, Walt, I'm going to need you to, to stall so I can get this tweet really quickly. I got, I got oh, so, you. I got you because this this is like a topic that's been kind of really irking me. And and, yeah, go for it. Stay away from yeah, it. And you're very passionate on the twits, on the Twitter. I, I do see the passion, so go for it. Bunch. I mean, what I'm trying to do instead of just like, like really trying to get into the weeds and waste my damn time. Um, talking to people and, and having arguments and convincing people I'm not gonna be convinced. I just I just focus on the positivity. I just post up my screenshots saying I'm loving this game because the you get what you put out of stuff. Yeah. Right. Or or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, you get out what you put into stuff. So um, I'm just trying to kind of have like a reverse psychology on that because honestly the whole 
man, I don't see a lot of Horizon in my time. I'm more seeing Elden and like, like no, no shit, dude. Like, Twitter algorithms. You likes tweets like they base around what what you do and your interaction. So yeah. it's it's very skewed. It's, there's it's very stupid point to make. Um, but um, yeah. So anyway, this this guy, uh, the head of communications at Xbox, said he quote tweeted that that uh, that original tweet. It said, "LOL. Imagine wishing a great game got less attention," which is literally not what this guy said at Twisting all. Words. Oh, that's that was him. Yes, yeah, I don't not know. Remember the tweet? I don't know how you you got that from what uh from what Jeff Kanata said, uh, which is just an incredible you know spin or or, or twisting job on on this yeah. guy's part. I, I don't Twisting know how. Words. I don't know how. It, again, uh, people made made this point in in the comments, but like for so someone who is the head of communications to read a tweet and and just create a <laughs> create a story in his head is is incredible. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't really surprise me when a lot of those high executives, including the top dog, follow like really toxic people on Twitter. So yeah, it's I'm not, um, I'm not even I'm not even surprised to be honest. It was it was really weird, but um, look, man, like Horizon Horizon's gonna be fine. Um, so like yeah. I, I I understand it why fine. <laughs> I understand I understand why people are are you know, I don't, like making that observation because like you know obviously Twitter is like, but like I, I I guess like what I'm trying to say is that like Twitter is like it's not representative of like the whole you know industry, right? Like. Oh, Call of Duty is a prime example of like, or even like the Pokemon games when when, when Twitter was making its, uh, we gotta we gotta stand up and and you know not buy the game. <laughs> and guess what? Pokemon was still like, I don't know, like the best game, selling game of of that month or whatever. Or Call of Duty, everyone always shits on Call of Duty, but it's always you know, uh, maybe aside from like Vanguard, but it's usually always like the best selling game of the year, right? So like. Nope. I don't know. I guess I just to remind people that like Twitter is not the end all be all. It's not representative of of everything. It's not statistic. It it shouldn't be taken as a statistic measure. Horizon oh, Horizon really still going to going to do well, but at the same time, I, I I don't think there's I don't think it's the biggest issue in the world to to acknowledge that definitely yeah, Elden Ring came and definitely took away the mind share. Uh, but that doesn't mean that doesn't make Horizon any less of a game. It doesn't mean that Horizon is gonna sell poorly. Uh, Horizon will be fine. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I really wanted to say on that matter because I thought that tweet was absolutely fucking wild. Because I I feel like you just don't see that from executives, or at least you shouldn't see that from executives. But yeah, that really caught me by surprise when I saw that last night. Yeah, it it, um, it has the same energy of when people what you had these developers or like members of uh, certain companies saying like oh it seems like quest design is not as like praised or like as looked for or like quality design or whatever and it was like a bunch of ubisoft like uh devo- developers like talking about it in the tweets i have some thoughts about energy. that too but again like like heaven, heaven yeah, forbid, yeah. Heaven, heaven forbid you you criticize one thing about Elden Ring and people are on you like white on rice, you know, like yeah, it's yeah, dude. I had I had people, I had a couple people on my ass because I I said that I I finished like one of the I finished like two of the story bosses in that I wasn't really feeling I had the same impact as I have like with other bosses from other games, mm-hmm. and um, I even brought this up to Walt too. We had like a really good discussion about this. I was, and he was like, mm-hmm. he was like, look, man, just maybe take it out from this angle. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I will. And then 
one person was talking about like the bosses just weren't as impactful. This is from a person that beat the game. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm like ten hours into it. I'm not really feeling like the same impact. And people were like, you're only ten hours into the game, you nut job. Like that's only uh, two bosses. I'm like, you realize that like you can, and like you really could fight more than two bosses in the first fifteen hours of this game, right? Like. I don't like, know. I don't. I don't understand the hard on man. Like it's so annoying. I don't know if you guys saw this, but like on the Halo uh, Reddit uh, or subreddit, uh, there was this entire thread. This one of the devs. Uh, I forgot what they said exactly, but it was it was something like he was joking about Elden Ring, um, and it it, <laughs> it ended up on the thread. And people were essentially started in, in the Halo community started like shitting on this developer from from three four three. Um, and he was getting like a ton of harassment, uh, for it. And someone brought, uh, brought it up to his attention on Twitter and basically said like, oh, Hey, um, you know, someone made a, a Reddit post about your, about your tweet or whatever. And the developer was like, oh, okay. That's why I'm getting more harassment from usual. And, and, and uh, oh, I'm like, that, I'm like that fucking sucks. But like, <laughs> like really like no so no one can say anything no one is even allowed to joke about Elden ring like it's it's insane like no. I, like i yeah, promise i promise you guys like from software does not need you to, to go at bat for them like this right they're gonna be okay if someone doesn't like their game or says you know they disagree with certain design choices or whatever the case may be like i promise you they are going to be okay like i don't know it's it's so yeah. weird man yeah it was it was it was wild to me that I couldn't have an opinion on Elder Ring, even though I put like ten to fifteen hours into it. Yeah, it's weird. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like that's absolutely insane. Like, the culture on Elder Ring is kind of is it's super negative, and something I'm trying to stay away from is why I'm trying to limit my time on Twitter too, because I want to enjoy this game and I want to think about like if I if I vent out like something on El on Elden Ring or something like that, people are gonna come at my head for it. Like, I don't want that. But I promise you, Macho. I promise you that those like. The negative side on Twitter, those are not the the souls born fandom. Oh yeah, like, yeah, no, I know. Like if yeah. you hang out around Iron Pineapple and Vatividia, those people have like true souls born like fans, similar to the vein of Final Fantasy fourteen, where you're welcome. Hey, summon us, we'll help no, you. No, yeah, that, that's that's yeah? that's why no, that's why you and the Ash and Luca, um, even Air Cuts for the Win, like those are like the my souls born people that I would go to if like. For any advice or like opinions and stuff like that you know like those yeah, like the, those few people outshine the entire negativity of around you know having an opinion on Elden ring stuff like that so yeah um yeah, yeah i could yeah i could definitely talk about that specifically for forever because yeah i got a lot of thoughts on on just Elden ring it's, it's just not like what i found is it's just not fun to talk about it with with you know this shit this stuff that's going on yeah. and then just people mm -hmm. jumping down your throat whenever you have something to say about it it's just it's just yeah. like it it makes me not want to talk about it and that sucks um but yeah anyway that is uh <laughs> i was not expecting that but that is that is the podcast <laughs> for this week guys um like uh like i said earlier guys do not forget uh subscribe to the channel uh once we get over 80 or at 80 uh walt you guys heard it here first man walt has confirmed that he will be dancing um you know live uh for for our subscribers exactly. once we hit that 80 um yep. so yeah run those numbers up please um so we can you know all... you want to see it too come on now exactly come on. Come on, exactly 
uh, singing yeah. and take on me at the same time. So just make sure y'all do it. Exactly. So without further ado, man, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out.